Receivers right, but now Randall Cobb motions to the backfield. Out of the pistol formation, they swing it right to Cobb, and he's smacked by Mackenzie Alexander. Back at the 38-yard line. A seven-yard TFL by Mackenzie Alexander, who is mugged by his teammates as he runs to the sidelines and vocals into punt. Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora. High fives for everybody. Border battle. Third and four from the Vikings 16. Brett Hundley takes a low snap. Looks over the middle, passes over the middle. Intercepted by Harrison Smith at the five-yard line for far side. To the 10 to the 15. And he eludes tackles and is taken down at the 20. 18-yard return by Harry the Hitman. And for Harrison, his fourth interception this season and the 16th of his career. He's the hitman! Boys, as we listen to the skull chant and yep. look at the purple all around Holy Lambeau cow. Field, <laughs> the sound that you hear is the skull chant from Lambeau. That's all I asked for on my birthday was to hear a skull chant in Lambeau. Let's listen to it. The skull chant at Lambeau Field. Merry Christmas, Vikings fans. 16-0 Minnesota. Fourth and one from the 43. Hunley, Jamal Williams to his right. Vikings rush four. Hunley fakes a throw to the left. Now he whips it out to the right. Intercepted by Harrison Smith at the 48-yard line. Two picks tonight for Harrison Smith, who has six in his, uh, who has uh, five this season. And uh, the Vikings turn over Green Bay once again. Shake, 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 Am I the only one that couldn't really hear the skull chant? I mean, I heard sort of cheering in the background. Okay. But I, I didn't hear skull, skull. You know, I, was, I thought there was some kind of rhythmic scolding. It absolutely blew up, but by the time it was addressed, play was about to resume on the field. Oh, that was it. No, there was a moment. Hey, in the, you were there, right? Yeah, I was. I was at Lambeau. Yep. And I will. I beg and I pray that people believe me. And part of it's because 
whatever the forty or fifty thousand Packers fans that were in attendance uh, on uh, Saturday oh, night. Even that many? I mean, the way it sounds, it sounds like it was half Vikings fans. They, well, the the Packers faithful were on their way back out to the parking lot true. to resume drinking paint thinner. Correct. And uh, the skull chant was in effect and big, 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 very loud. But uh, by the time that that came to pass, it was it was over. It was kind of toning down. But it was beautiful, beautiful, frigid evening at, at uh, football history Lambeau Field yeah. in Green Bay, Wisconsin, sixteen nothing. Not a beautiful game by any stretch. No, it wasn't. It was, it was an ugly game. It was you know a lot of times these cold weather games are go that way where there's not a lot happening and you know you struggle to get things done that are normally pretty easy. And I do want to break down this game a fair amount, and we'll uh, we will take calls on that. Uh, is basically this is this is the game feels like a million years ago now. Oh yeah, so you know, much has so, taken place. So so much has happened, right? We've all had. There's been a bunch of other football games. We've all had whatever your Christmas Eve celebration is. You've had Christmas Day. You've had time with the family. You've um, which sometimes they, can be like its own eternity. It, oh God, can it? I mean, everybody's <laughs> got their um. Their holiday traditions, right? Their Christmas traditions. The yes. family gets together. They're things that you do. Um, you know, for us, we play wits and wagers, Ooh. and um, and Uncle Bruce has marital relations with the uh, with the, the mashed potatoes at some point. So that's usually how it goes for us. What? Yeah. What? It's, it's just it's a tradition. You know, every family's different. Nordo, yours might not be that. Wait a minute. Uncle Bruce is copulating with one of the. The mash, sides. But, yeah, one of the sides. Yeah, you but you want to get you want to serve yourself first. No, of course just, you do. Let me just mention that. Of course you do. Yeah, serve yourself first. Ooh, don't show up late to Christmas at Charges house. No. Um the uh I want to get into I do want to break down the Viking Packer game, at least to some extent. It's uh I don't I don't think it's an epic an epic game by any stretch, but there's plenty to talk about from that. I want to talk more about broader Vikings topics as we turn our attention to the playoffs. Yes. Effectively the Vikings are locked into the number 2 seed. There's um it would take a quadruple series of unlikely events Correct. that would yeah. have to happen to a knock lot of the Vikings down to number 3 seed, uh which it's uh it's not very likely to happen beginning with the Bears beating the Vikings is not likely to happen either. So there's um we'll turn our attention a little more to the playoff uh, situation for the Vikings. Also, lots of NFL stuff to get to over the next three hours. I am Paul Charchian, by the way. Oh, I'm, hi, in, I'm in for Paul. Paul Allen. Burning what's got to be the bitter end of his voluminous number of vacation days. Well, what is he? He's worked here for two decades. I'm sure he has accrued a lot, and he should. Two decades for the same employer? That almost never happens. And I guess for some people, days like today, working on a day like today, there's nobody listening, by the way, Nardo. It's just you and I. Correct. I, you, my drive here, I had, the, I had the highway to myself. It was somewhat post-apocalyptic. It really to was. drive here, yes. Yes. Uh, n- there's nobody outside that doesn't have to go outside because it's negative 800. Yep. It's negative a Kelvin or something like that. Yeah. And... Or no way, absolute. It's absolute zero outside. It is. That's it's absolute zero. So there's nobody that's going out. Doesn't have to go out. Pull into the the parking ramp here. Usually, I have to go up three and a half levels to find a spot. I went up half a level, and I'm like, wow, 
Didn't it feel yeah, good there, to park? Nobody works on the 26th. No. Nobody works the 26th. It's a ghost town in here today. It's a ghost town. Thankfully, the only other guy, so it's us. Morning show, if they haven't left yet, then we count two more people. Jeff Manis, one of our engineers. Yes, Jeff Manis just bailed me out. Who's already committed emergency surgery or performed emergency surgery on the captain's chair the headphone jack. Yes. The, um, I was talking about this in the coffee room. By yourself. No, I, well, almost. Today, traffic is here. That's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, today is the day where you have you should be working. I, I don't agree. understand the people that burn vacation days on a day like today unless you absolutely have to. Family in town, you have obligations, whatever. But if you're just sitting at home today, today's absolutely the day you go to work. Why? You roll in at 930. Nobody knows or cares that you got there two hours late or an hour late. 1130, you're heading off to lunch. Yes. You take a two-hour lunch. It's Now it's 130. You work for a couple hours. And by work, I mean do whatever you want at your desk, really. Mm-hmm. If you want to actually get things done, it's the best opportunity you've got all year. You can actually get more. You'll get more done today than any other time. There's no water Phone's cooler gossiping. Right. No one's calling. Right. No yeah. emails. Nothing's happening today. Then, about one thirty, uh, what you get back at one thirty, about three thirty or so, you check out. Yeah, that's it. You get big points that you even showed up. You didn't burn a vacation day. If you wanted to work, you did. If you didn't want to work, you didn't have to. Now there's got to be those. You could have five drinks over lunch. Come back. Oh. Take a nap if you want to. It's it's the perfect opportunity to work. There's got to be those out there too, though, that are even one step ahead of this. The work from home angle. Yeah, the there work you go. from home. Now, for some businesses, I was reading an article the other day. There's this company in St. Paul. They only let their employees go to work two days a week. Okay. They want to maximize FaceTime and being productive and you know taking advantage of personal time, etc. Yes. But if you're working from home right now, you're not doing anything. You're not answering emails. You have the laptop set up on like the island in the kitchen, and it's logged in. Yeah, and it's, it's like that Simpsons episode with that uh, that little birdie that tips over and just hits Y for Homer Simpson. Right. Until the nuclear plant nearly, you know. Oh, that happened, yes. That could be bad. But you're not doing anything today. You're working at home. You're not spending a vacation day. You're not even looking at your computer other than just to make sure it's still logged in. And you are uh, taking advantage of the holiday and the company's cash. And right. I salute you for that. I'm perfect. Perfect. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I, mean, I was it's, impressed. It's like working. Usually, when fill-in guys are are working at this time, this is when this is when sidekick slash producer guy also takes the time off. No, I agree, but I I like taking my vacation days in the middle of the summer. I don't blame you. I mean, there's a whole. There, why not? It's summer. You get seventeen hours of daylight in the summer instead of seventeen minutes of daylight right now. Yeah, it's not bad. I get drowsy at 4.15 in the afternoon when the sun's going down. Mm -hmm. My body clock's like, oh, man, let's, can we go to bed? I suffer from seasonal depression. It gets negative out there. So you're depressed right now. You realize we're five days away from the shortest day of the year. I thought that that was already taking place. Yeah, it had five days ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're only five days removed from it. Which means we get more sunlight every day. Every day we get more sunlight. That's the optimist side of it right there. Uh, How did... uh, and again, plenty of Viking stuff coming. Ava and Stella are three? Two and a half. Okay, two and a half. three in May. So do they even get the whole Christmas bit yet? Are they 
Are they tuned into the the mythology and the concept and everything else? Uh, they know. They get this. They know enough. When I say, "Hey, Ava, whose birthday is it today?" They go, "Jesus." Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So they know that. All right. They get the Santa angle, where there weren't presents under the tree on Sunday, but now yesterday morning they woke up. Okay. And there were a ton of presents there. Right. Wife tried to execute like Santa's cookies and milk. Yeah. They didn't get that. They didn't get As a matter that of part. fact, they were they slightly. Ate, they probably they probably wanted the cookies. Well, and they were slightly scared because they thought Santa broke into the house. house. So now, <laughs> that's great. So there was there was a minor issue like where's Santa? Is he still on the premises? We had to alleviate those concerns. I bet. Uh, but they but they love opening and ripping things. And versus last year, where they wanted to play with the box that the toy right, came, came in, in more right. than the toy. Yeah. Uh, now they're they're all in on dolls, and I mean it was it's. It, it was one of the more exhausting days I've had in the last year, but uh, keeping up with them, their opening presents, smiles all day, it was awesome. The uh, Scraps got the, got the gift of the wrapping in the boxes. Oh, yeah. And Scraps just tore apart all the wrapping paper, and we just let him have at it. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> uh, we didn't even put up a tree, because Scraps at now about eight months, nine months, He's still a terror with anything he can anything at scraps level. You had that no he can Christmas put in his tree mouth. in the Charchi and so household. Had no, we had no tree because we couldn't put gifts under it because he would have he eaten would take, the yeah. gifts. Okay, and anything on the tree, he'd have brought the tree down. I'm convinced he would have brought the tree down, and so we decided not to risk it with uh, with puppy scraps. That's that's so that makes yeah. Sense. Unfortunately, did uh, did Averstelli get anything that any gifts that just drove him wild? Everything they they loved absolutely everything, and it you know it's I can't remember when I was two and a half. My earliest true memory, yeah, none of us can. My fourth birthday, I found my birthday presents, unwrapped them, and tried to rewrap them on my fourth birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it didn't work out well. I got in trouble. I'm sure. So I don't know what being two and a half was like, but everything that they opened, they were instantly elated and excited about. They got a bunch of toys. They got a couple of dolls that at their size the dolls are just about as big as them right they're obsessed with playing with hair ponytails mm. styling mm-hmm. braiding yeah uh in their limited understanding of it but uh but they love that so the dolls for them were probably uh the things that they just lost their minds over the most right right the um there are, i i think most of us can look back at Christmas pass, especially when you were a kid. Hell yeah. And you had no money. You couldn't buy yourself anything. And no. you're you're so at the whim of Santa and your parents getting you whatever it is that you want that you can't you have no means to get for yourself. I wrote some letters to Santa. I hope so. I had some That's big, great. Big, Santa right back. Big pick uh big ticket items. Yeah. Santa never returned never, the letter. Never returned the letters. No. No. It's a one way deal with Santa and the elves. They're not good pen pals. Santa is a horrible pen pal. Yeah, but he's got, I mean, he can't reply to all the letters to every good kid. That's why you've got the elves. That's what they're supposed to do. They're free labor. They're effectively slave labor for Santa. You think? Actually, yes. You know, what else are they doing all year round, right? They can at least answer the questions later, answer the letters later on. It's June. The elves... The elves aren't doing much in June. Yeah, maybe it's just like I just wanted to check in and see if you liked that uh, that sweater with your initial Correct. on the front of it. That's right. They can sign it as Santa Claus, right? But they could they could author it themselves. Yeah, I never got a return letter. I never got the... The elves are very busy in the weeks and months leading up to Christmas. 
And then now that Christmas has happened, they're very busy handling returns and exchanges. Ah, yes. Yes. Holiday receipts. But after that, right, the gift receipts and all that. But after that, the elves, it's a clear run for the elves for like seven months, eight months. I don't see why the elves can't can't be a little bit more responsive on all of the incoming mail for Santa. Well, initially I was thinking maybe it was just the apathy of my parents not responding to my Santa letters. But now I'm thinking... What about the elves' plight? The plight of what the elves. What about their plight? That's the amount right. of work putting wooden toys together and these Lego ships that I got as a kid. Yes. Those are my favorite, the Legos. Obsessed with them. I think the elves are going to need reparations at some point. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the elves are going to be like, you know what? We've been doing this for a thousand years. No pay. Long hours. Downtrodden for sure. Absolutely. And you think you think Santa's easy to work with in December? Well, do they have union representation? You know, before I, we I talk about not. before we talk about anything don't. else, right. where's the union head? Where's somebody to fight for them? Right. Well the problem with the U with the problem with trying to unionize the elves at the North Pole. They have no wages. Right? I mean the union needs money. Ah. Union, you know, the union's gotta get paid too. That's, right, that's actually unions a good do point. not exist. There are no free unions out there. No, they all require that they take part of your pay. Well, everyone needs a voice right? for the right price. For the right price, that's right. And they're getting paid nothing. Mm. So the people who need it the most, well, and people, I mean elves. I mean, right. elves are people too. They're well, not humans. Well, can we refer to them people. as elves anymore? Should we start just calling it, you know shorter? Differently, or... yeah, uh, differently eared. Yes, they're just differently eared. Differently eared. Correct. I think we can call them elves, but okay. I, you know, maybe not. Maybe we'll maybe we'll find out that that actually it's not kosher to to call elves elves. But I think it is. <laughs> perhaps perhaps an elf will uh, email in to the Bradshaw and Bryant inbox and correct us on on this. You know, I guess uh, you mid late forties, me at thirty three. I guess we do kind of cross. There's a generational plane bef- between there the, is between us. The toys that you received Correct. as a kid that lit your world on fire. I'll tell you the best one I got, and it's sad. It does date me a little bit because there were there was Atari when I was a kid, yeah, and in television when I was a kid. But there was no handheld console until the Game Boy came out, and that was how cool was still the Game a long Boy? Time. Oh, it was great. But that was later for me. You know, I was probably late teens when that happened. There was this this thing that came out roughly nine gah, I think maybe like eighty one, eighty two, something in that ballpark called Merlin. Now what the hell is Merlin? Merlin looked like it was this red thing that looked like an old the old phones where not the kind that had the rotary bit, the touch the touch phones that had the 12 keys on it, right? But the kind where you would pick up the phone and you would dial, the buttons were on the phone receiver, it's the phone itself, not like the big, I don't know what the word is for it, not the thing you, you not the... Do we want to call it the console? Not the console of the phone, but it was on the... It was the, just it the was receiver, the, the headset. The, the, head fo- the, the headset part of the phone. The handheld the 12 things, right? Yes. All it did, it had 12 spots on it. And all I could do was either write, it would, each of those spots could light up red or not. So it had 12 different spots that could light up red or not light up red. So 
you could do your your gaming was like tic tac toe because it had a three by four grid on it, so you could play tic tac toe on it. <laughs> and let me tell you, Merlin. so starved for electronic stimulation were we that this was considered great gaming. The Merlin, feel free to Google it. Now, the Merlin also had uh, a game on it where it was a memory game where it would go like. Nine nine six three four, and then you would have to type in nine nine six three four. Yeah, and it had that on it too, and a couple other games that were even less compelling than this, if you can imagine. But I was very excited to get Merlin at the time. It was well outside of my price range as a kid that was getting like a two dollar allowance a week, mm-hmm. and it was probably a hundred bucks. And this thing that again, all it did was light up twelve different numbers. It ran on either six or eight AA batteries. What? Oh, my goodness. So the thing weighed like nine pounds. It weighed like nine pounds. It was ridiculous. I'm just remembering as I'm trying to Google it, I'm running into the Super Nintendo. It's obvious. The game Labyrinth. My mother got me that for Christmas. It's just the board a thing with, game this, Labyrinth, with or... the steel ball, and you have to direct oh, it through the maze. The, oh, God, that thing's awful. Spend, oh, I'm I really spent sorry. hours playing with that. Yeah, thing. that passed for fun. That passed for fun in, like, the 1820s. The Labyrinth game's been around forever. Okay, well, the Nordquist household was a bit behind the times. I think you were a little behind the times. You were, super no, soakers, you were, no, Merlin, oh, yeah. you were no Merlin household, I know that. No, Super Soakers, the Game Boy was elite for me. So it, then the problem I had with the Merlin was, and it ran on the six or eight AA batteries, and then it, those, it would actually use up the battery life so fast, I couldn't afford the batteries to replace the batteries in it. Because, again, at my $2 a week allowance, I couldn't afford that. Now, I don't know when this happened, but the year that either Duracell or Energizer came out with the rechargeable four AA battery little mm-hmm. station, I yeah. mean, hopefully they made an absolute bleeping on that of money. For sure. For kids like us with these crappy electronic toys, mm-hmm. just so our parents wouldn't have us bothering them all the time so we could be by ourselves. Very important. Uh, God bless them, for sure. I was very, I oh, I loved the Merlin. Um Let's. Uh, I'll do this. If you've got an awesome toy that made you super excited as a kid, call in. I would like to hear what it was. Something that you went bonkers over, opened it up, and you lost your bleep. I want to hear from you. Hell yeah! Something from your childhood. Yeah. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that you got a PS4 yesterday. That's not what we're talking about. No. Classic games. From your youth, that when they showed, and it, whatever, it doesn't have to be games. In fact, the more unique it is, the better, right? Classic stuff from your youth that you got. You remember Pogs? Oh, yeah. The Pog craze of the early 90s, maybe? Early 90s. Early 90s. I had some Did anybody pogs. go crazy over Pogs, though? I don't know. Did you rip open the Pog bag and go, oh my God, it's Pogs? <laughs> I don't think so. And then you'd. Then you'd, you'd have a swig of Crystal Pepsi. Uh, when we come back, we already have almost full phone lines of people who want to share their great their great gifts from their days of their youth. We will talk a lot of Vikings and NFL football over the next three hours. Paul Charchian, in for Paul Allen today. Enjoy the holidays, everybody. You're listening to Paul Charchian, in for PA on The Fan. 
Welcome back to the show. Paul Charchin in for PA. Uh, even though I, I have promised repeatedly to talk Vikings and uh, both recap from the Packer game and looking forward, uh, we're off on, it's the day after Christmas. we got we're two and a half about, hours to talk about Vikings. We do. Uh, we're talking about some of the great Christmas gifts we got as kids. The stuff that you thought was awesome when you were eight or ten or twelve and you opened it up and it was life-changing then. Right. And um, for me, it was Merlin. I found a video on the break from YouTube that talked about these six games that Merlin could do. I mentioned tic-tac-toe. It had what they called as a game music machine. All it was is you could press, just like a phone, if like if you press a different a different number on a phone and it would make a different sound, it just did that. That was it. Yeah. That's what they called music machine. It had echo, which I mentioned where it would play, it would do a sequence of num- a sequence of numbers and you would do the sequence of numbers. And then get this. Blackjack, but only to 13. What? They didn't have the 21 technology yet. It did blackjack <laughs> to 13 somehow. <laughs> How lame was oh. this? But at the time, it was awesome. I was so excited to get Merlin. I promise to take calls on this for the things that energized you as a child. I think I found the commercial for it. We can play okay. that next segment. Yeah, let's do it. It's hideous. It's It was so bad now. It ages very poorly. Uh, Marcus, hello. Hello. Um, I'll tell you what. That's, you, you had me at in television because I played so much Astro Smash. Oh, me too. Uh, Astro Smash was the best. <laughs> it might have it, it been the best. That and Utopia were the two best video games for, uh, for in television. Just hours and hours. Uh, yes. Clicking buttons. But uh, have you heard of the? Um, it, no, I looked. At it, I just googled it, but it was it was Nintendo. But it was called the Popeye Game and Watch. No, what was that? Oh boy! So this is this is Popeye, and he like he only had two buttons. Okay, so there's just two red buttons, and you could press them with your left thumb and your right thumb. And basically, Popeye was in the middle of the screen, and you could either move him to the left or move him to the right, and he was catching cans or pineapples or whatever olive oil would throw at him. Oh, yeah, I just pulled this out. I thought it was a watch. When you said game watch, I thought it was a watch like on your wrist, but it's not. It's a tiny little handheld device. Correct, yep. And I I mean, basically, my parents got it for me, and I I played it forever. But the cool thing is that, which I didn't realize at the time, but, you know, I would play it and play it and play it. And once you got to 999, (laughs) that was it. That's it. (laughs) That was it. They couldn't do anymore. The no, fact that you got that high, that you basically broke it, is awfully impressive, Marcus. It's, it's, it's true. I, it's still, I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah. You should be. That's true. I thought you were going to tell me it rolled over to zero. No, it didn't. It just, it just ended. That it, the game. So it didn't just stop tallying your score. The game no. actually came to an end. It was over. <laughs> oh wow! How about that? Yeah. Unreal. Thank yep. you, Marcus. I yep. appreciate you sharing that. Brandon, hello. Good morning. Good morning. When we were kids, we had what was called Rockenbach. Rockenbach was essentially Legos on steroids. It was a cross between Legos and an erector set. And what you do is you control these remote-controlled dump trucks or forklifts, and you'd move these little balls, little plastic balls, with these remote-controlled devices. You'd move them from one area to another. It was basically like and a construction site for kids. It was unbelievable. And back to what you talked about with the batteries, 
I can't tell you how many, I bet we spent a thousand dollars on batteries before those rechargeable systems came out. It was unbelievable. And we, we spent hours and hours playing. It was so enjoyable. We still have them to this day and they still work. Those oh, really? Durable as can be. So yeah. what, you, I, I don't, I don't know what, ro- it was called Rock N Box? Rock N Box, yeah. R O K E N B O K. Oh, Bach. Yeah. Okay. Rock and yeah. Bach. There it is. Yeah, I, I it does look like an it looks like an erector set, kind of, but with big trucks and stuff. Right, right. With yeah. these wireless uh dump trucks and forklifts. Yeah, and they came out with newer models as time went on. I think they still make them, but they were expensive back then, and I'm sure they still are now. Yeah, I bet. But, now uh, I I'm looking on YouTube. Of course people turn them into battle tanks. Oh god. They, yeah, you had to, right? You had to fight with your your rock and box uh, uh, tractor guys. You could fill up a whole room with these things and make this giant, elaborate maze. Just and it was oh, it was unbelievable. That's Pretty fantastic. Cool. Thank you. That's a great story, Brandon. I appreciate that. Um, because of bl- bad clock management I'm, on my part, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. Great toys from your childhood. If they aged well or not, mine aged very badly with Merlin as my example. Yes. Um, my daughter lost lost it with something I gave her this year. She's 12. I'll tell you what that is when I come back. Uh, we'll take your calls on this as well. Well, we'll get to Vikings in due time, I promise. Uh, Paul Charchian, in for PA. You're listening to Charge on the Fan. with you pa out today there'll be a lot of nfl and viking talk but we've managed to turn the entire first hour into classic christmas gifts from our childhood the ones that made you go bonkers where you open it up and it was dream come true and you know we forget as adults where we have to at least some degree the ability to scrimp, save, and get most of the things. If you really want something and you put some dedication into it, you can get most of the things that you want to get. Yes. Especially things that would ever be under a tree. You know, I'm not talking about a BMW, but, you know, things that you would put under a tree, you can usually end up getting one way or another. But as a kid, where you're ultimately totally beholden to your parents and Santa Claus coming through for you, when it works out, it's a big, big deal. I'll be able to afford a BMW once I get my kids out of daycare and into a school. Well, yeah, you're paying. You are paying for a BMW right now. Correct. Yes. The Altima's good. good the, Altima's, mileage. the Altima's a great car. I love it. It's a great car. Yeah. I think Nissan makes terrific vehicles. They do. I a love. Good job. I love Nissans. Anyway, uh, I mentioned going into the break that we hit on one of these this this year with something I had not even ever heard of until December 22nd. I rushed delivery to get it home, and it worked like a charm. And I had never even heard of this before. It's called Drop Mix. Drop Mix. Drop Mix. It's made by the people who made Rock Band you know the Guitar Hero Rock Band sensation from you know, like eight years ago, yeah. ten years ago, right? 
This is rock. This is called Drop Mix, made by the people who did rock, uh, did rock Band. Drop Mix is, it's uncanny. So here's how it works. If you imagine a, there's a, there's like a playing board on it. It comes with like a playing board. Wait, let me back up. It comes with a bunch of cards, and each card is a song. There's a bunch of cards, like 70, 80 cards. And it's deconstructing songs that you know. Not even necessarily songs you love or stuff, but songs you know. Like, let's take um, Call Me Maybe by Carly Ray Jepsen, I oh, believe. yeah. Right? So they'll deconstruct the song into the vocals, the drums, the keyboard, the guitar, and then every one of those gets a card. But then there's like 20 or 30 songs in it. They're all deconstructed that way, right? And so then what you can do is you can say, all right, I want to take the drum part to Call Me Maybe, and I want to sync that up with the Gorillas, this song, and Weezer's guitar part with this song, and the Jackson 5 bass line in this song. And you put these cards down, and the cards have all got RF readers in it, and so this game is smart enough so that when you put the cards down on the board, it knows, it just starts playing it. It just starts mixing it for you. You're and you hear me. it. And it sounds amazing. You wouldn't think it could possibly mix all that stuff together and have it sound good, but somehow it does it, and it's magical. So what's the purpose of the game? Well, Because that's the cool part. A, you can just mix songs to your heart's delight. And that's what my daughter is almost entirely done. But it also has a party game mode to it where everybody's got cards in their hands and it's asking for certain types of cards. And then it's a race against time to get the cards mm. down. Okay. And you're building all these beats and then you take down stuff. You take cards on and off the on and off the board. It's run by an app. So it connects to an app on your phone or your iPad and it uses the speaker on your phone or iPad. So it's got Bluetooth connectivity. And so it on the screen of your phone or your iPad, it's asking for stuff and you're interacting with it that way. It also has a versus mode where it's you against a friend laying mm. down cards as fast as you can and play, making beats and building songs. Drop mix. Huge, hugely successful. Daughter freaked out. She had no idea what it was. I didn't have any idea what it was. And here's this hybrid board game video game thing that should have been right in my wheelhouse, and I had never even heard of it. That's amazing. And it, it does sound pretty cool. It was super cool. And it was my daughter, in two days, my daughter has burned, I don't know, 15 hours into drop mix already. It's been a That's all you huge, can ask for. huge hit. All right. I promise to go to phones for people who want to talk about the things from their childhood that got them all worked up. Ryan, hello. Hey, good morning, Charles. Good morning. Good morning. Great. Thank you. Uh, see, uh, we used to go over at my cousin's house every Christmas, and uh, we were over there one year. I think I was about 10, and he opened up a gift. It was called School Visit. It was called. That? Wait, what was it called? Coleco, Coleco Vision. Oh yeah, the Coleco Vision. Yeah, it was the Coleco's answer to Intellivision. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. He got he got three games with it. Uh, Smurfs. I think it was Burger Time. Yeah. Maybe a, and some racing game. But uh, so of course I spent the night at his house last night, and probably the next night, the night after that. Yes. <laughs> hours and hours on that game. Coleco Vision. was the most powerful console, gaming console available. In, you know, like 1980, you know, pre-Nintendo, back when it was the Atari yeah. and Intellivision, and then there was the ColecoVision. Ooh. And the ColecoVision was much closer to a real arcade experience 
that you could have in your house. And there were there were a bunch of there were a bunch of games. Somebody emailed in Zaxxon, Z A X X O N was a classic arcade Zaxxon. game that you could play on yep. ColecoVision. And that was a big, big deal. We could never afford that. Huge, yes. Huge. It was a lot of fun. Hey, uh, also, I just want to mention, uh, I'm the guy who drops off jerks every once in a while at uh, at the Friday football beat. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate <laughs> that. Bet. Outstanding. Thanks, guys. Yep, talk Thanks. to you later. I cut him off when he wanted to talk to you. I'm sorry, Norm. Oh, that's fine. All right. And I and I interrupted when I thought he was, thought he, you know, when he was saying hi to you, I thought he was saying hi to all of us or something. At the he beginning. was probably about to compliment too. me for something, something and, yeah. you know. Yeah, probably. Typical holding the producer down. I get it. Uh, Lee, hello. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's Hi. it going? Great. Thank you. Yeah, I saw you. I met you, uh, PA, and Wabi on uh, December 8th, my birthday, at the Edina football feast. You know what I'm saying? Outstanding. It sounds, kinda... it's, uh, this sounds like Troy, not Lee, I, but it's good to meet no. you, Lee. Yeah, I uh, I just kind of walked by. You were talking to one of my guys at the table. Okay. And uh, I just kind of walked by, kind of gave you a pound and kept it moving, you know, because I didn't want to just sweat you like that. You know <laughs> I but, appreciate uh, that. Yeah, so uh, my story is more uh, older. It's kind of like adolescent. I was like 17 years old um, okay. when uh, the first uh, 8-bit Nintendo came out. And mm. uh, my second family that I live with, they were specifically not playing the Santa thing. They were like, just submit a list of things you want for Christmas, and we kind of, kind of coerce with each other well, behind the scenes to see who's going to get what for certain people, so no one gets the same gift twice from right. someone. You know what I mean? Right. The first year I, I lived with them, I said, let me get. Uh, I want that. I want that uh, Tech Mobile. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gotta have that. Yeah. Gotta have that Tech Mobile, the original one with only 14 teams. You know. That's what I'm right. Yes. So the first winter, I didn't get it. Oh. Uh. But the very next year, because I resubmitted the same request again, <laughs> um, unexpectedly, my oldest sister at the time came from her. I opened it up, and it, not only was it it wasn't Tecmo Bowl, it was Tecmo Super Bowl with all yes. 28 teams yes. at that time. And I'm like, what? Stop it! I had no idea it was out. Didn't know it existed. Wow. But it had all the teams. All the current rosters at that yes. time. So I almost started tearing up, and I was looking at my sister. Was like, I promise you, I'll never get tired of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> two and a two and a half years later, no joke. She comes home late, past you know the you know club and drinking hours and stuff outside. And it's almost like three three thirty in the morning. I didn't have to work the next day. I'm still up, the only one awake <laughs> in the house, still playing. Tecmo Super Bowl, and she looked at me and said, "You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of regretting that I actually got you that." And I'm like, "Are you kidding <laughs> no me? No way! This is the gift that keeps on giving because I'm still playing it two and a half years later. What are you talking about? Right? You know yes, that's awesome. What a great story, Lee. One thing you don't know though, just for sure, just so, just in case you didn't know, because I know you're a rebel gamer like a lot of us. They still have, if you can get your hands on the still an original 8-bit console that still plays the old cartridges, mm-hmm. believe it or not, they are still currently making new versions of the current Tecmo Bowl with the current teams, current rosters. Wow. And yes, they have a college football version that has 32 of the best perennial uh, Division One powerhouses like your Michigans, your Alabamas, and wow. all that. Wow, cool. I happened to, happen to get my hands on a copy this year for Christmas. It took about five weeks to show up. I bet. But it's called Tecmo Super Bowl Gold that has all 32 NFL teams, and it has the, the greatest players that ever played for that franchise all on one team. 
I did not know that somebody was out there hacking it. I mean, I imagine it's just some dude hacking this into into cartridges, right? I mean, this is not yeah. an official thing because they don't have the license for any of that. They actually have it. I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. What? I got my copy. I'm just looking for yeah. the council now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they got all enhanced gameplay based on all the rule changes that took place for the last 25 years. Like, you could switch any current pass play into a shotgun mode on an audible tip. Um, you know, you got halftime stats. You could change your play, you know, literally at any given time as far as based on, you know, because each team back then had like eight plays total. Uh, you know that's right. Oh, yeah. Hey, Lee, pass, Lee run. We're, up, we're up against the clock, I'm afraid. That's an awesome story, though. Do, hey, I hope, and do, something, you, do something nice for your sister if you haven't already. I mean. Oh, well, yeah, I showed her love. She knows what time right. it is. All right, good. Outstanding. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> Peace out, fellas. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, we need to take a break. Yeah, no, we no. do. Now, do you, I feel like we've only touched the surface on this. There are still people that have been on hold this whole time. We haven't even got to their calls yet. Correct. Should we extend it? That's up to you. I mean, you can intermix it. I mean, I I mean want, if you do, you know, if you do plenty, want to talk about the Vikings. There's plenty of football to talk about, but I feel like it's the day after Christmas. When else are we going to do this, right? No, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is dissolves tomorrow. I mean, let's be honest. The team's 12-3, and three, beat the Bears, get a bye week. Yeah. Right. Not, I mean, you don't have to break it down that I'll much. Tell you, we'll tell you, if people if people stay on hold, that'll yeah. then we'll know, right? We'll if it's know. worth staying on hold, we'll know to keep this going. The great childhood gifts of mm-hmm. that you got under the tree that made you freak out. Uh, Paul Charchian, Nordo, in with you. Back in moments. You're listening to Paul Charchian in for PA on the Fan. KFAN Total Traffic. From the Holiday Station Stores Traffic Center, here's a look at the roads on, on 94 eastbound. The accident was on the ramp to Hemlock Lane is being cleared away. Also, we've got a few stalls remaining. 94 eastbound right shoulder Fish Lake Interchange. 94 westbound right shoulder at Humboldt Avenue. 35W southbound left shoulder at 66. That's traffic on the fan. This report is brought to you by Aruba. One happy island. Ready for an easy winter escape to sunny Aruba? Starting December 23rd, Delta has new nonstop Saturday service from Minneapolis. Visit Delta.com to book your Aruba vacation today. Check out the free iHeartRadio app. I just got a tweet from a man, Joel. He's using the iHeartRadio app to check in with 9 to noon from Montana. That's the coolest thing about the iHeartRadio app. There's a lot of places you can get music, but think about this. There's a place where you can get millions of songs, your playlists, all of that, but then a thousand of the best radio stations in the iHeartMedia family all at your fingertips. And by the way, the keyword here, it's all free. You got all the fan shows, all the fan podcasts, so you're never missing a moment of your favorite bits, whether it's PA, the Power Trip, Program, Bumper to Bumper. Vikings fans, you got the Vikings channel, all purple all the time. It's the free iHeartRadio app. It's got everything. It's the best. Download it now. Luxury comes at a cost. However, that cost is not always equal. Meet Genesis, a luxury automaker that redefines expectations. Mori's 394 Genesis invites you to experience everything a luxury sedan should be. From our showroom to the road, you'll appreciate the performance as much as the price. With three sedans that seamlessly harmonize tradition with modernity, Genesis ignites a lost sense of wanderlust. Encounter Genesis at Mori's 394 Genesis at Louisiana Avenue or visit 394genesis.com to test drive one today.
show. Paul Charchi with UPA is out today's PM tomorrow. Is he back, Nordo? I think he is. Well, you would know. No, I have to, I have to look at the schedule. Seriously. Hang on. How can you not know? You would be working with if there was a if there was somebody else in or if you were filling in, you'd know because you'd already be working with fill-in guy getting it ready. No, that's correct. Yeah. But as when I texted you this weekend to verify that you were filling in on <laughs> well, Tuesday, that's true. there's that. That uh, there was a communication gap because there's a lot of people taking holidays. That's I right. believe PA is in tomorrow. Okay. And I will confirm that Thank at you. some point during the show. Uh, the Vikings are the best team in the NFC. We'll talk more Vikings uh, coming up next segment. This is our final segment of great toys from your from your youth that Santa delivered to you that freaked you out at that time. I talked about mine earlier, Merlin, the as it turns out, the lamest piece of electronics ever, but at the time, super excited to get Merlin. Do you want to hear the, the a, commercial from 1978? Yes, I want to Yes, please. Where's Merlin? Where did he go? Jenny's got to play tic-tac-toe. Now where's Merlin? <laughs> when last seen it was out with Dad playing blackjack. Where's Merlin now? It's not there. It's out with Billy playing magic square. Merlin is a computer with personality. Plays six different games, talks with 20 sounds. Six pen light batteries not included. Oh, okay. Six. Come clean. Six freaking batteries. Yes. Merlin from Parker Brothers. How about that? They even have like... Yeah. They even have mom like, playing pick, tic-tac-toe in the commercial? Come on. So they had to establish the fact that this was a this thing was portable, right? So they keep yeah. talking about where is it now because it's moving all around the house and everybody's using it. They, because back then, the concept of a portable gaming system was unthinkable. In the days of, back then, Atari and Intellivision, that, I mean, it had to be cables running to your TV. There's no doubt at that time... That that thing wasn't. I mean, that was built like a cinder block. Oh God, yeah, it weighed like eighty four oh. pounds, and it was it was a handheld. Yes, for sure, that was a big deal. Thank you for playing that. Play Blackjack like thirteen, got... or use it as a uh, Mer- Merlin in a violent crime. <laughs> the blunt object. <laughs> what you could kill a guy with the Merlin. <laughs> uh, let's work in a few more calls here. Uh, Cliff in Omaha. Hello. Good morning. How you doing? Good. I love Omaha. Have you been to the Drover? Uh, is it a place to eat? Yes. Yes. You... One time. Uh, very good. I kind of live by uh, where the old Rosenblatt Stadium used to be by the Missouri River. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I know that area well because of the. I get still go. I went to Rosenblatt several times, and now the zoo, of course, is you know now the zoo is like eight thousand acres of zoo on that same spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I started working as a ball shagger, like when I was ten, eleven years old for the College World Series. But here, here, I don't want to keep you guys too long. But here's a great here's a great story. I became a Viking. I'm um, I was born in '61. Became a Vikings fan in '71. I roughly got the Super Bowl Vikings Chiefs electric game, which was a very good game, but it ain't the one I'm calling you about. It was either the same year or the year after I got a game. It came in like a suitcase. And at the time, I went over to my cousin's house, and he had one. It used to be the Calvary, which that didn't really do much. So we're talking a tin box. You open it up, and you got, like, little army guys. Instead of little army guys, it all depicts on what area you were from. Okay, so my mom and dad got me one that's the Vikings and the Knights. It had a picture of a castle, so you open up the tin. You open up the tin, and you put the bridges in the middle, and you set the guys up. It wasn't really – you play. it's like playing with army men, but it was the Vikings and the Knights. 
Wow. Okay. So it was. Okay. So I, all right. I, I stood, the knights were silver, and I set all them up in the castle. And the Vikings, of course, were green, and they were on the outside, and I set all the Vikings up. And at the beginning of the game, when I was playing by myself, of course, the Knights would kind of win. The Vikings had these little catapult deals with springs, and you shot them. You didn't really knock anybody over. But the moral of the story is when you set all the guys up and you were acting like the Knights were kind of winning, because, remember, I became a Vikings fan about a year before, the Vikings would eventually climb the walls, and kill everybody in there. It was the same outcome every time I played it. But when my dad passed away about 11 years ago, I went over and I still got the game. I stashed it. Wow. Down. What's it called? You haven't told me the name of this game yet. Uh, well, I'm trying to... They, they had games. like it's, It wasn't a game. It was a like it was a suitcase and you opened it up. And they had, like I said, that, that was the only Vikings Knights one there was. They used to have a Calvary and, and uh, I don't know, uh, Indians. I, I don't know okay. what to say. But anyway, but, but that one didn't do much. But my mom and dad, since I like the Vikings, got me the yeah. Vikings and the Knights, and it was a tin case. And uh, like I say, when my dad awesome. passed away, I went over and retrieved it, and I still got it at home. Thank, but, uh, thank you, Cliff. It coincides I... with the Vikings, and let's go Vikings. Love the Vikings. And somebody turned me on to your station maybe a year ago. It's too bad. I was 55 years old when I got turned on to the wow. station. Wow. Well, I'm glad you found us. And you can always listen, as you now know, I, the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.com and a lot of ways you can hear it anywhere. I roughly listen to you guys every day, and all I can say is, before I go, 9 to noon is the best. Oh, thank you, Cliff. Appreciate that very much. Love Omaha. A totally underrated driving destination for people in Minnesota. If you want that, you want that weekend getaway. Not so much this time of year, but in the summer. Uh, Jeff, hello. And you're in Indiana, Jeff. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thank you for calling in. Yes, uh... I used to play them uh, handheld games before Game Boy. It was called Mattel. Oh, yeah. It was football, baseball, basketball. And soccer. And then they had, yeah, soccer. And then they had uh, one of them that was head-to-head. He had to play football and stuff with other people. Yes, that was, I think, Coleco. I think it was Coleco made a head-to-head variant of it. Right. Yes. yes. And there was football, and then there was football, too, which had, do you remember, Jeff? The innovation that football two had, right? It had uh, passing. Yeah, that was classic. That was cla- Those are great games. I never, yeah. I never had those. Unfortunately, we couldn't afford it. Santa never brought it. Um, but the other kids had it. Do you remember this, Jeff? There was what the game, the football games. They, they all made beeping, right? They, you'd move, and it was like beep, 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 beep. little bleep, little dots. <laughs> right, and it made that yeah. sound. But if you wanted to play in class. You could. There was a secret code that you could punch in to the Mattel football, baseball, basketball games. That, oh, really? That would I never make, did that. It was a secret code that would make them go silent. And so huh. you could hit the code. It was like you know, up, up, left, right, uh, kick, 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 or something. And you would. That would be oh. it. Yeah, and it would go silent, and then you could play in class. Right. Thank you for. Uh, thank you, Jeff. I'm totally with you on that. It's as somebody that had that as a kid, well, wanted it as a kid, never had it. So this uh, this play set, I think yeah. this is the one he's referring to. It's by Marks. Marks? And it was just a play set. There was it's not a game. Just called play set? It was a Vikings and Knights play set. Okay. It came with a castle. You could set up a moat and a bridge and things. Yeah. And then I, I assume you just set them up and... You know, he makes it sound like the knights always kind of. I mean, you could you could choose. You were you were in charge of your own adventure here. M A R X or M A R K S. M A R X. M A R X play set. 
Yeah. Okay, it's, I'm looking for it now. Well, oh, good. yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, fun. Uh, hi, Steve. Steve? Yes. Hey, hi. Paul. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Hey, Paul. Hey, I have a toy. It's nothing to do with electronics, but this is a toy from the late 70s, mm-hmm. and it was an evil Knievel motorcycle. Oh, it was, I had that it, baby. You bet. Have you? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like 10, 12 inches long. And you would and um, you revved it up. Yes, that's I right. Tell, I tell you what, that thing was indestructible. Well, almost. Now, for oh. people who don't, <laughs> Steve, there are going to be a lot of people younger than us that don't remember what a big deal Evil Knievel was, but he was a national right. sensation. He was a stunt man and a you know thrill seeker and all that. He had a he did most of his his bits on a motorcycle, and they had this motorcycle that you you put into uh, that you could rev up. And then hit a button, and he would go zing across the, down the driveway. For me, it was always in the driveway. Exactly. And yeah, but we, we Evil Knievel it. did a lot of his stunts in fire. So of course, we would get out the lighter fluid, put it all over the driveway, and then of course, Evil Knievel had to go through the fire <laughs> all the time. And eventually, poor Evil met a very very fiery fate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we make jumps. We. Hit, run that thing into the curb. Yeah. You'd have pieces, little pieces fly off, but that thing kept going. Absolutely. I remember it well. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's a great trip down memory lane. I'll work in a, our last couple here. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hi. So um, this has to go back in the, in the 70s. Uh, Car- Carson would always do around Christmas time um, on his shows leading up to Christmas, the greatest games. Oh, okay. So uh, this one year, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Hasbro, but they were they were two. Uh, one was an aircraft carrier that you assembled, all right, and and the, the jet went off a catapult, and you had it on a fish line. It went out to where you had it uh, anchored down, and then you had to land it on on an aircraft carrier. And the other one was a barnstormer, where it was a um, a double wing plane. There again, it catapulted out. You had the fish line uh, attached to a chair out, and then it would turn around, and you had to fly it over a barn and then land it on uh, on a runway. Uh, there were two re- two great games before the uh, uh, you know before all the electronic, yeah, electronic stuff. Stuff. stuff, right? Right. Yeah, but yeah, this was uh, and Carson, you know, showed it on his on his program, and it was one of supposed to be one of the top. You know, Christmas gifts, right. uh, you know, that year. And that's going back into the 70s. I imagine that anything that Carson put on back then, when there were four channels of TV and Johnny Carson was in- insanely popular, that anything that he put on like that automatically sold terrifically well and became very popular. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree. And it's also with the talents, you know, the comedians, you know, that he would have on his program, it, you know, they were there because they were oh, yeah. very talented. And Absolutely. Yeah, this is. This was a great game. I, you know, I had it as a kid and I loved it. The, the one other, one other game where uh, I think it was manufactured by Tudor, where they, um, uh, the hockey games uh, with the rods. Oh they, yeah, they, oh yeah, yeah yeah. We all played those too. Those are terrific, especially here in Minnesota. Thank you for the call, Rick. I appreciate it. Uh, last one on on this topic, Michael. Hello. Hi there, Paul. Hi. Say the. Best gift I ever got when was a kid was the classic N64. The N64. 
That was uh, like it was a it was and it ended up being a good I think not necessarily great console in my opinion but there were a lot of epic games that came out for the N sixty four yeah but you have you have to credit the N sixty four with the greatest shooting game ever GoldenEye 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 was the best hands down except for when your best friend always has to be odd job. <laughs> The the <laughs> the fact that what we put up what what passed for multiplayer back then when it was all four people on a split screen yeah and we would play knowing that you could just look at anybody else's screen and see where they were what they were doing yeah but it was multiplayer it was couch co op in a way that we had never had before especially in a shooter and so we loved it and we played it thank you Michael I appreciate that I thought we were going to get more video game console talk. I thought I'm so kinda, too. I'm kind of glad we Super didn't, Mario Kart with a Super Nintendo. I spent so much time doing time trials and stuff like that with oh, the original. Yeah. It was beautiful. That was fantastic. With Goldeneye, though, yes. What you do is you take a cardboard box. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now one of these kids is going to be his eyes are going to be hurting afterwards. But you you duct tape the box to where the split screen is. If you're going one v one, yeah. You cut up the box. He sits the the box sits rests on his head. What? After duct taping it, he sits down. <laughs> I would sit up on a stool and look at the top. And it was and it was separated. <laughs> the things that you did in like 1998. Uh, yeah, that's right. For uh things yeah, things we did in the name of gaming. 12 pack of Mountain Dew. Got us through that's, it. That's all you needed. Goldeneye was amazing. Perfect Dark was sweet because the weapons were better. Yeah, but uh, Goldeneye yeah, is rare o- made, yeah, rare it's made OG. Perfect Dark as well. Uh, those were the best. Vikings are the best team in the NFC. We'll talk about the Vikings win over the Packers, the playoff prospects, and a bunch of other stuff from around the NFL. When we come back, Paul Charchi and Infra PA. You're listening to Charge on the Fan. Programming on the Fan, brought to you in part by Cars for Kids. Border Battle. Minnesota Vikings are going to beat the Green Bay Packers 16-0 in Border Battle 115. This will be the first time the Vikings have swept Green Bay since 2009. Minnesota improves to 12-3, and the Vikings have registered their first shutout since December 5th of 1993 against the Detroit Lions. Sad that it took so long to get a shutout. I would never have guessed it was 24 years since the Vikings shut anybody out. Yeah. There have been some epic Viking defenses in that time. Well, I mean, epic. Not purple people eaters, epic, but some very good defenses in there. Well, we were sitting in the booth at U.S. Bank Stadium two weeks ago against the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a goose egg. I mean, you love that Teddy gets back on the field, but that interception I know. I know. It's just, it just I can't help but laugh. The, the, the Teddy, the, the the Teddy fans, and you know, I get we're all fans of Teddy. Yes. We all want good things to happen to Teddy. So excited that he got in the game. I'm my Twitter feed is literally filled with grown men weeping when Teddy came on the field. Right. And I love that about sports that we get emotional about our sports and the people in them. First play. First pass. First pass. First pass. First pass. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, first of all, that throw was was off to Jarek. It was binding. Now you'd hope, you know, professional, athlete, etc., you know, 
get get two hands on that, catch the ball. But he didn't, and it was yeah. picked. But then, you know, just next drive out, Michael Floyd completely duffs <laughs> the next. I mean, just give the guy a chance, okay? He's fought for his life to yes. continue his NFL career. Almost He gets literally. back on the field yes. to help a guy out and catch a ball. But we were in the booth. And fourth quarter, they still have the goose egg. This is prior to the Teddy return and all that, which was a goosebumps moment for me. Um, and we're just blown away. We're trying to find it in the record book. Yeah. And it was 1993. And then we were all stunned by it. Yeah. I mean, the, it the number of long. games. Yes. Just to shut somebody out. And it was the lowly Lions, you know, in, in their stretch of, of ineptitude in 1993. Wow, that stretch of ineptitude was called three decades. Yeah, it's actually. That's not really. A, that's a generation of ineptitude. Not a stretch. Well, actually, you know what, though? 1993, didn't they make the playoffs? Didn't they I win? Don't a... know. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, they matter. made a playoff once and like, I don't know, once a once a decade, they would make like a one-game playoff appearance, yeah. lose, and then, you know, that'd be it. Now, with that said, you know, who cares about the Lions? I think this is the first time the, the Vikings had shut out the Packers at Lambeau ever. Ever, yes. In 1971, we beat them 3-0 at the old Met. Wow, that had to be a thriller. Yeah. Yeah, probably also another very cold-weather game in all probability. Being nostalgic about video game quality back in the day, somewhat similar to being nostalgic <laughs> yes. about football quality. Exactly. Sometimes back in the day, 3-0. Uh, nothing... Speaking of 3 nothing and old games, do you remember the vibrating football? Yeah. That thing didn't work at all. No, I mean, how did, the, how did we all get conned into playing that and thinking that that was any form of a replication of football? Well, just think because of, it wasn't. Well, think about the ingenuity that it took the guy that made, made like it. a million dollars off. Oh, the, yeah. Whether it was the vibrating football or the pet rock. Correct. Then you went through the stage. What was uh, Gucci? No, um, the not the Furby. It was the watch with uh, like a pet on it. It was a pet. Oh yeah. Because um, all these Tagamuchi or something. Yeah. Um, Tamaguchi. Tamaguchi. I think, wasn't that it? Let's go with Tamaguchi. Let's go with that. Someone will correct us. I think so. But yeah, I mean, just people, some, like, you make a lot of money. You, all you, if you can just catch lightning in a bottle with your toy, you can make a ton of money. And your entire sure. job was to feed this stupid pet irregularly on your watch yeah. slash, you yeah. know, it was on your or, wrist. Or it would wither and die on your wrist, and nobody wanted that. Just awful toys. I don't have a great read on the Viking win. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted it was a shutout, but it was also aided by so many things, based on, when you look at things like, let's just take all the injuries, right? Sure. Packers are so injury depleted. The defense is minus Clay Matthews and Nick Perry and Demarius Randall. The offense is minus Aaron Rodgers, Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams, and then on the first play of the game, they lose their right tackle, Jason Spriggs. He's out. Then Jordy Nelson, first half, he's out. Then Aaron Jones leaves the game. He's Mm -hmm. out. I at that point, really, based on just the quality of players on the field, this game should have been forty to zero. Yeah, I mean the Packers are—they're playing like literally half starters, half of their roster got are backups. It's basically a week four preseason game for the Packers, and the Vikings end up winning sixteen nothing. Sure, it should have been forty to nothing based on the talent on the field. Now you can—the temperature is probably an X factor in keeping keeping the the game closer than maybe it could have been. but And maybe field conditions even too, but the Packers are slipping all over the field even more than the Vikings, it seemed like. Indeed. And it's their field. I mean, they should, 
They're the ones that should be on the field with all the right cleat sizes and everything else. It's their field. Mm-hmm. 16 to nothing didn't feel terribly compelling to me. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Case Keenum's best no. start. He was he it was one of his worst. The downfield he couldn't connect on anything longer than 10 yards. Well, I thought it well and and that's where that's where I start to and I tried to find it. There's not a, there's not a great whether you go to Pro Football Reference or or any of these sites that you know uh, aggregate all the the various stats. I was unable to find much on cold weather games how it impacts offense. Other than that, as the temperature drops, total yards go down. Yeah, everything goes down. Sure. Collective turnovers goes up. The home field advantage in lower temperature games is off the charts historically in the NFL. Unless you're Blair Walsh is your kicker. Unless you have Blair Walsh as your kicker, and then it's uh, yeah, it's lights, all mitigated. Lights out on the season. Latavius Murray just three point three yards per carry when it felt like this should have been a Murray game. It felt like it had to be you know, a straight game. ahead runner, frozen field. I mean, yeah. it should have been. He should have had a big night. He and they gave him the ball twenty one times, mm-hmm. and he turned that into only sixty nine yards. So he wasn't able to get anything going. Diggs had the nice touchdown catch. Thielen, who I mean, for an injury ravaged secondary, without Demarius Randall, Devon House playing like with one leg. Um, this should have been Kevin King went on IR three weeks ago. This should have been Thielen. I thought was going to be sitting on seven catches, hundred yards, one touchdown. Yeah, we but- got two for twenty four out of Thielen, and not that Thielen did anything wrong. It's just the way it worked out. I just felt you know I just Case only completed fourteen passes. I didn't think it was a great game, and that's why that's why I truly and you can you know purple colored glasses. I lean on the cold weather. I mean, part of me's happy. I mean, you know, Nick Easton going down, you know, is Nick Easton your best offensive lineman? No. Well, he's your worst offensive lineman, but the guy behind him. But he's I a think, starter. Was it Hill that came in? I think it was Hill that came in. Uh, it would have been after. Jeremiah Searles. It was Searles. And then Thank at times, uh, Danny Isadora, the rookie uh, guard, both came in at different times. Um, and not that Easton's been great. He's the most expendable, but he's, I. this is not a, a line of great depth either. So. No. You know, but uh, I did, I, and now he's out for the year. I mean, broken leg. I assume that there's not even a scenario, a Super Bowl scenario, where Nick Easton gets back. Maybe I'm wrong, not, but I no. got to assume that that's the case. My biggest worry was just the the four for fifteen on third down as the Vikings' offense and the mm-hmm. the defense show up. That's that's what Brett Hundley and company were on third downs, but collectively eight of thirty in that game between the two teams on third down. It's just it was not a great offensive display. it really wasn't. By any means. And again, I would understand it better if the Packers were at something resembling full force on defense, but they weren't. Literally half the starters are off the field. Right. So, you know, you feel like you should have been able to get more done. So it felt like, to me, in addition to being, frankly, a pretty boring game, it was it was something of it's about as wobbly a shutout victory as I th- as I can remember. Do you think there's anything that goes into it though, where you're up ten nothing after the first quarter? Green Bay's not passing the midfield line until late in the first half, and then mm-hmm. I think Hundley throws the interception. Harrison Smith picks right. him off, but you at no point, I I don't think, as soon as it was ten nothing, I felt zero concern about the Vikings losing that game. And it was not because the offense was blowing it up, but simply what you were seeing out of Hundley. You know, you saw Jordy Nelson when he was in the game drop two passes. Right. Uh, there was just absolutely nothing 
going their way whatsoever, zero productivity. Uh, I think Hundley led them in rushing at one point or for most of the game, which was awful. Uh, so Hundley was your uh, second leading rusher uh, at 48 Jamal yards. Got... Jamal Williams ended up getting to 58 yards, but he only averaged 3.9 yards per carry, and he didn't do a ton either in this game. Yeah, so I I mean, Brett Hundley has no touchdowns and seven interceptions this season. At, at home. At Lambeau Field. Isn't that amazing? And he completed 42% of his passes on Saturday night. He, I mean, he he's looked, not good. He looked like he had kind of turned the corner against the Steelers like three weeks ago. When he and gave them their Packers best shot, almost yeah. won that game on the road when nobody thought they could, and then really since then it's been all backwards for them. It's um, you know, and what happy to take calls if you want to respond to the Viking game. Maybe I'm being too hard on 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 the Vikings, and I'm not trying to take anything away from a shutout victory, but it just didn't feel. It just felt like, given the players on the field, it should have been even more one sided than that. Sure, and a win is a win, and it's still a shutout. And it's sixteen a sixteen point margin of victory is still good. I just I would have liked to have seen more, especially from the offense. They weren't crisp. They, the they definitely not crisp. were not crisp, other than maybe just freezing to death at Lambeau Field and wanting to get out of there. Yeah, for sure. There was um it felt it felt a little bit like that's even for both teams. Yeah. Just want to get it over with. The inev- get the inevitable over with and move on. Now, if you're a hardcore Vikings fan, it's not like you're feeling bad for them that Aaron Rodgers went out with a collarbone injury, especially considering that it came at the hands of our guy. Uh, on a legal tackle, by the way. Yeah, perfectly legal. Uh, but my first time at Lambeau, like, the vibe just kind of sucked. Like, you drive up to Lambeau, yeah, yeah. and it's Fannie Mae, you know, her she's in her front yard on the corner holding up a parking $25 right, sign. Yeah. Two blocks later, it's this historic stadium. Right. And the the tailgating is second to none of anything I've ever seen in the stadiums I've been to. And we know as much as we love U.S. Bank Stadium, tailgating, we're not a tailgating bit. Tailgating is Downtown not elite. Stadiums are are lousy for tailgating, correct? And because you don't have the real estate for it, you go to Kansas City with two connected parking lots between Arrowhead oh. and you know whatever. What's the name of the Royal Stadium? Uh, Kaufman. Uh, Kaufman. It used to be Kaufman. It's still Kaufman. I assumed it had some kind of corporate sponsor on it by now. Um. And it is it because they've got so much space in Milwaukee. You've got uh, both the Brewer Stadium, huge, massive parking lot yeah. outside of town. Same deal for this one, and obviously Green Bay. Well, in Philly, if uh, the Vikings have to go there for the NFC Championship game, yeah. they have the uh, the football stadium, and then is it Citizens Bank? I, I, I forget what uh, what the, where the Phillies play, and then the Sixers and Flyers Arena. All connected with like four parking lots. Yeah, so I mean it's a tailgating paradise. Yeah, that's right. And most often, none of them are all are playing at the same time, so you've got all of that space. So it's my first time at Lambeau, and it's just like I wish Rodgers was playing. I wish the division was on the line. You get there, and the vibe was just absolutely dead, dead. And so maybe in that regard, they should have beat them up on them a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they they rolled over. I Did mean, you they feel truly rolled over in the stadium? Were you in the stadium or in the press box? Uh, I was in the stadium for a little right. bit, but eventually in the in the booth, yeah. Okay. Did you have a sense of history? Did you have a, you know, were you, were you, what the grandeur of the moment and the location and the history? Did it did it any did any of that sink sink in for you? Was well, there any of it? I was ta- I was taken aback by just how cool 
the the environment is in the stadium when you get there and when when things get loud. Yeah. Uh, Sound system slash Packers on site entertainment network. Right. They're stuck in the early nineties jock jams era of music. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. The music absolutely sucks at Lambeau. So they have to figure that out and update it by about two decades. What do you expect from Green Bay, Wisconsin on music? They play are they the... gonna breaking at you know are they gonna have new music? Of course not. No. They play but, that dumbass uh that Todd Rundgren bang rock. on the drum all day song oh, when they no. score. Oh jeez. Which I didn't have to hear that because the Packers just couldn't even muster one measly point. No one one, one late field goal. Couldn't do it. I've been to Lambo one time. Nineteen ninety eight. Oh, beautiful. Randy Moss. You were there for oh, that game. I was in the building for that. Let me tell you, the Packer fans came in so haughty. What people forget about that game, that epic Viking victory over the Packers, is they had won, I believe, 24 straight home games. They were they were either had the record or were oh. setting the record for consecutive home wins all-time history of NFL. Well, 98, that, that would have been back to uh, 96 and 97. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls. Right. So they were, and they were they were impossible to beat at home, and Randy Moss freaking owned them, and it was awesome. It was just bombs away from the get go. Mm. Rainy night, terrible conditions. Packers had no answer, and let me tell you, the Packer faithful just stunned silence in there. They don't stunned. play a PlayStation like us. Oh God, it was great. Super Bowl homeboy. Yeah, <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, let's take a break. Calls, if you want to talk Viking Packer, we'll take those calls. Uh, I want to talk broader-term Viking stuff. We'll look ahead to the playoffs. We'll talk about some of the other developments from around the NFL, how the playoffs are shaking out for a lot of teams. And next hour, I'm going to do everything possible to get myself back into the preposterous statement tournament with a number one seed. I can't wait. It can be done. Next hour. Stay tuned. You're listening to Paul Charchian, in for PA, on The Fan. This is one song I promise you was not heard at Lambeau Field. What do you mean? I thought you said it was heard at Lambeau Field. Yeah, not on Saturday night, because they only play it when that stupid team scores. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, this is when they do the Lambeau Leap. Uh, by the way, this portion of 9 to Noon brought to you by Papa John's. Uh, one last Christmas miracle to end the day. The Wolves victorious out west in L.A. over the Lakers without Brandon Ingram or Alonzo Ball. They figured out how to win that game. Uh, you get half off large and extra large pizzas with the code WOLVESWIN at PapaJohns.com. Isn't Ingram the uh, the other rookie that they drafted who's better than Ball? Uh, Ingram was the... First or second, I think he's second or third overall pick from two years ago. Oh, okay. Who's the guy? Really tall, lanky thing out of Duke. Another first rounder who's outperforming Ball, I think. Tells you, I tells you how closely I'm following the Lakers. Well, they have this Kuzma kid. Yeah, that's him. And he is he is an offensive force. Right now, Cat was able to basically muscle his way in and have anything he wanted last night. Uh, So defensively, he's a kid. He'll grow up a little bit, but he's a good player. No doubt about it. And I think it was he a second rounder or a, a, a other first rounder. I think he might. You know, I don't I, know. I don't know. I'm not Kenny Smith or Rick you know, Camla or Rick Camla, who was with me for that epic Lambo game. Oh, he was. Yep, That's it was sweet. me and Rick Camla. 
And I've heard all kinds of, like, legend of Rick Kamla-related stories. Oh, I bet. Uh, who's now, I think he's in Atlanta, right? 92-9 the game? That is correct. And he's done uh, a lot of TV work and stuff, but uh, yep. I've never met Rick. Yeah. Good dude. And he was there for the 1998. God, that was so good. He was that there for the, the Cowboys 98, game. The 90, yeah. Uh, better, to me, better than the Cowboy Thanksgiving game because... You get to deflate your your arch rival yeah. in their own place on Correct. a twenty some odd game winning streak. That was even better, I think. No, I'm with you 100. Yeah. percent We got a bunch of people who want to talk Vikings and uh, and Packers, and I would love to get to their calls and get their thoughts. Twitter seems to think that I'm being far too negative on our squad. I think you are too, uh, Ted. Hello. There's Ted. Hi, Ted. Yeah, I'm from uh, Milwaukee. Um, I just wanted to say that the yes, the Packers Vikings game was an ugly win. Uh, to me, a win is a win. The field was ugly. The weather was cold. We left there with a win and only a few injuries. It could have been worse. My main point is that uh, at least we had a game to practice in cold in case we're fortunate enough to play for the NFC Championship in Philly. Yep. Now, Case has that cold weather game experience you did not have before the Packers Vikings game. There's that. And Case had never played in sub freezing temperatures before now is my understanding. So the coldest he had played, maybe thirty six degrees. Yeah. Something like that. So he got, you know, he got he got a taste of what a real outdoor uh, cold weather game can be. But and it wasn't great. Let's just hope that was sort of your knock the knock the ice off game for Case. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, thank you, Ted. I appreciate the All call. Right. Uh from Milwaukee. I thought when I when he said he was from Milwaukee, I'm like, oh God, here come the Packer fans. No, I asked him. I was listening to Packers fan line as we were leaving Lambo. Yeah. And it's just I mean, it's hideous. I mean, their season's over, but they're still Oh, we had uh because Clay Matthews and Nick Perry were both out, they had Reggie Gilbert, this undrafted rookie or Ooh. whoever that he correct, yes on the show to talk about how great it was to get an opportunity to play. And all this kid, he's mumbling into his phone, talking oh, about how it was a loss and the season's over, and he's right. completely downtrodden. Right. And these guys are trying to look at the positives of maybe Reggie Gilbert starting for them a year from now. Now, I've heard this theory, and I like this one, that Zimmer is so smart, and he's so far ahead. He's thinking so far ahead. The 16 to sixteen nothing victory, by only putting up 16 points... He helps ensure that Dom Capers keeps his job. That Zimmer didn't want to run up the score for fear that they would, in fact, fire Dom Capers. And that Zimmer's, he is so far ahead mentally on this thing. He's so many moves ahead. He purposely kept the score close. And the only reason he put up 34 points on Cincinnati is that Marvin Lewis, his friend, had already said he's leaving the team right. at the yeah, end exactly. of the year. Exactly. Yep. Nothing to lose at that, that point. Brilliant. That's right. Let's keep Dom Capers in charge Dom, of that crappy defense. We want to keep defense. Dom Capers. We want to keep him going. There it is. In charge of that defense. The last thing you want to do is give that up. Uh, Jamar, hello. Hey. How are you, Paul? Good to talk to you again. Your squad. What happened to your Cowboys, for the love of God, Jamar? Well, look, if you listen to uh, uh, the Saturday show with Double T and Davey, and I said all along, I said all season long that I haven't been impressed with nothing that Dakota Prescott has done. There's no woe this year. The defense is actually, especially uh, uh, Sunday, the defense absolutely came to play. Um, I think it's time to look at the drawing board. We need a, a new wide receiver. Well, wait, wait. Do you need to replace Des Bryant as your wide receiver? Well, I don't know if you replace him, but you definitely need a number a number one. I understand, and he definitely was playing through some uh, really tough injuries. I know he had a, a ankle sprain and a, a knee problem, so I understand that. But 
when you hit that field, I expect 100% out of you. And we haven't gotten that from him this year. He's done nothing but blame and drop. Correct. Uh, and cussed out Dakota the other day, and then they had the nurse to go back on the field and drop another one. Yes. Um, if you're going to go, Jamar, if you're going to go on the sidelines and go into histrionics about how you're not getting the ball, and then the first pass that comes your way, you drop, that it's over. It's over. Exactly. How do you have the audacity to cuss out the leader of the team, and then you don't go back out there and perform? That's Correct. He, he hasn't set the tone since we've paid him, and I think that that's the problem with a lot of receivers I, other than Antonio uh, Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this guy has just flat out not been there for us, and I've been there uh, um, defending him. There's no way I could continue to defend Des Bryant and his lack of work that he's done. Because, look, yes, we didn't have uh, Zeke uh, for six weeks, but you went 500. So that tells you if the wide receivers could separate at any point in time, that you probably could have won those games. You probably could have went, uh, you know, uh, yeah. more and one. And, yeah, and, one, and that little one more win. One more win, and your team's playing for something in Week 17. And right now, they've been eliminated. You held your defense has been underappreciated all year long. Your squad right. held Seattle as a team to 136 yards of offense. That's awesome. And you lost. Absolutely. And you lost. You held your opponent 136 yards and lost the game. That's hard to pull off. And I was in Dallas uh, during the game, and everybody wants to call for Jason Garrett's head. And I, and, I, and I say this. You call for Jason Garrett's head, fine. And I'm not in love with the fact that you that with Jason Garrett. But if you let him go, remember, you got a general manager that, that once again, is either going to keep the same offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator or fire the whole staff, and it's going to hire your offense and defensive coordinator. So I'd rather say let's stick it out with uh, with, with Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. Let's see. They, they're saying that he's not motivating guys. I, I don't think that that's the problem. I think, look, you got to get rid of it. If you're not going to get rid of a Des Bryant, you've got to scare him with bringing somebody else in. And we had offensive line woes, but we were just flat out bad on our offense. And I wouldn't have wanted to go and sneak into the playoffs like this because we'd have been one and done. Yeah, I agree. All right, so enough of, enough of Cowboys fan line. You got anything Viking related you want to talk about, Jamar? Look, I think you're being a look. I, I think you normally are not, but you're being a bit prisoner of the moment. Look, I think you guys are flat out. The defense is flat out good, no doubt about it. Even I can't hate on that. But I think you don't have. I think you still got to look at your quarterback. I think your quarterback has played well. But you catch a, a New Orleans Saints, you catch a, a Carolina, or it, it, look, the, Seattle was flat out bad. But you know they're topsy turvy. They can play well one week, they can play really awfully bad the next. Mm-hmm. You guys catch one of these hot teams, truly to be at home. I'm not. Your offense doesn't scare me enough to say, look, they're a premier Pro Bowl or excuse me, Super Bowl team. It's easy to put you guys in the Pro Bowl because of your record, your unexpected record, uh, charge. But how you being realistic that look. Let's just wait and see what this offense and the quarterback play does because you got a kicker that misses the uh, 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 extra point, so that could be a woe. So let's just wait and see what happens. Let's just wait. Thank you, Lamar. Thank you, Jamar. Appreciate that. We'll talk to you later. Uh, Vikings have the best team in the NFC. Doesn't mean that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean that they're going to play like the best team in the NFC every step of the way. Vikings are the best team in the NFC. Uh, I'll talk more about that. Playoff. We'll do some uh, playoff posturing for the Vikings. We've got a couple of people still on hold that want to talk Packers and, and Vikings. We'll do that, too. Um, just run long on a couple of calls here, but I will take more calls. Pat, Troy, you can continue to hold. If other people want to chime in, you can as well. 1-800-320-5326. You're listening to Paul Charchian. In for PA on The Fan.
Well, the bloodletting has started. We knew there'd be a lot of head coach changes coming this offseason. I've seen some people estimate that there could be as many as 10 changes this offseason. Nardo, you're telling me one of them's already in. Who is it? Yeah, this is uh, Michael Lombardi. Is he of uh, NFL Network? I think he's NFL Network. I think Network. he's NFL Network now. Uh, but he's quoting something uh, from Hub Arkush of Pro Football Weekly Hub out Arkush. Chicago way. Yeah, of course. That's a legendary. Hub's, Hub Arkush. Hub's yes. a good dude. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians has agreed to part ways with the Cardinals next week. How about that? So that's just one of many. I a few dominoes that will be falling. I'm in the pretty. Days. I'm pretty surprised. Arians is a very good offensive mind, and he's been straddled with most mostly terrible and injured quarterbacking that you can only do so much with. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Arians will find work elsewhere, and I bet he already knows you he's going that's... to find work elsewhere. Is my guess on this. I think uh, if 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 you add him to the available pool of 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 head coaching candidates, he would be one of the best out there. Remember, he has revitalized an absolutely backwards Cardinals organization that was known for Brown's level of continuous failure before he got there. Well, and that's and that's partially. I mean, they did go to a Super Bowl with Kurt yes. Warner, so there's that. Yep. But and then they, they gave him an age. So they gave him a very aging Kurt Warner. Then they gave him a very aging Carson Palmer, who broke down every damn year. And then they didn't give him any backup quarterbacks to work with. And this year, one of their biggest problems is uh, David Johnson, by yeah, far their right. biggest yeah. offensive threat. Yep, breaks his hand. I think it was goes on the yep, IR. Wrist. They end yep. up uh, and the team was just uh, was bad all the year. The Team round. was bad all year. I mean, it's. I think he's. I think it's a mistake for the Cardinals, and you know maybe they've already got somebody back that you know they know they want to bring in. But I think that's a, I think that's a sizable blunder, for the Cardinals and Arians will be a good get for somebody. Good, and he's got to be you top what, of the list. I'll tell you, here's your here's your your way to tie this into the Vikings. If Shermer does leave, and Arians doesn't get a head coach, for the love of God, bring him here. I would love. We'd be it'd be a gift to have him as our offensive coordinator in Minnesota if Shermer leaves, and ideally Shermer doesn't leave. But Shermer has to have his pick of the litter in terms of head coach. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. And we think that here. But I mean, a I, lot of know, it's nation- Nationally, it's, you know, Shermer's, Shermer's in the mix nationally, but he's not like cream of the crop guy nationally. Well, no, it's not when Belichick decides, you know, Belichick right. just comes out one day, I'd like to coach another team. It's not like that. But, no, I mean, of the names so far, you know, Marvin Lewis... Okay, Arians might be a more attractive name than him. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd Bowles potentially out in Jets. Uh, the Giants' job is yeah. open. In terms of names, he might be. But see, that's one of those things too. You know, you look at like a Sean McVay mm-hmm. and what he's done with the Rams. You know, is that an example of when you don't recycle all the names yeah, and, the, and right. the consistent yeah. pool of guys that have had chances otherwhere and other places it didn't work out? Is that an example of well, when you don't recycle the yeah, hot sometimes, names, sometimes, you see success? I, I think there's a long, one of my long-standing theories, and I think it's largely, but not universally true, is second-time head coaches do better. Mm. If you were a head coach once, and then especially if you have some time away from being a head coach, some time to think about it, reflect on it. Like the Sherman back, Like Pat Shermer. Okay. Yep, you're going to do better. Look at Bill Belichick. As a primo example of that, second time with the Browns, didn't work out. 
We're just a day removed from Christmas. You want everyone to be back at work, and you're already taking Pat Shermer. No, I want people us. to. Well, I do want people to go back to work and not use up valuable vacation days when it's effectively a vacation day at work. Hi, Pat. Morning, boys. How are you? Good. Thanks for your patience. I know you've been on hold a long time. I appreciate that. Hey, no, no problem. Uh, I want to know why. You know, the NFL is all over this. Uh, you know, the catch no catch rule. Yes. Okay, why won't they enforce the other rules, like making Green Bay release Aaron Rodgers? Well, and who knows? They may. But, you know, for people that don't know, and I maybe a lot of people do, but they, it appears that the Packers broke league rules when they put Aaron Rodgers on IR a second time for the same injury. And that's, that's a, right now, right now you can't do that. You know, for years, you could, once a guy went on IR, the season was over. So then once they said, well, you can bring a guy back, but then you can't put him on IR again. But that's what the Packers did. Correct. And the the way the rules read, that player has to be released from your team. Now, will the NFL have the cojones to do that to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? No freaking way. Absolutely no chance. No chance. They already punted. They've never enforced this rule. They've never even had this rule. I don't. As far as I know, nobody's ever broken the rule until well, now. IR designated to return has only been in effect for, for a couple what, of years, years. As it is now, right? Because so, the first thing was uh, with the Vikings was John Sullivan. He had the back surgery, and suddenly he's going to be ready by the third preseason game. He's going to be ready by week one, week two. No, nope, actually, we're going to keep him on the pup, and then. I think we ended up putting him on IR. I don't remember. That sounds right. I don't know. Did we bring him back? I might be making it up as I go. I, no, we didn't make there's it. There's no chance. There's no... Look. Okay. What? 1% chance that the NFL decides we're going to play this by the letter of the law and Aaron Rodgers is going to be exposed to free agency. It would be, A, Packers would take a massive and unexpected cap hit, uh, and then, B... I gotta believe Rodgers would merely re- re-sign, re-sign and re-up his deal with the Packers. Yes, I don't think he's going anywhere anyway. He's no. not gonna. He's not gonna be your Viking quarterback next year. But the thing is that I didn't understand in the language from what I read it. Yeah. So let's say so they bring him back. Collarbone not one hundred percent, but he's eligible to come back. They bring him back because playoffs are still in the picture for them. Right. What if he did legit? I mean, he was hit several times. He threw three underthrown picks. He oh, did yeah. not look himself. Oh, imagine imagine how good Aaron Rodgers would be in Minnesota with all the advantages <laughs> this roster has over the Packers roster. Right now, the Vikings are a better team at almost every position besides quarterback. Correct. Than the Packers. Yes. So, you know, it would be yeah, it would be unbelievable if the Vikings, you know, if it actually ended up working out that way, but it's not it's not going to, and even entertaining the conversation is borderline ludicrous. Troy, hello. What's up, Charles? How are you doing? I now I, I inadvertently gave you a call out a few minutes ago. I don't know if you heard that. No, I didn't hear it. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> I referred to you earlier. But it's nice to talk oh, to you okay. again. What's on your mind? Nice to talk to you. I'm on the same page with you as far as the game. I couldn't help but watch the game. And, and, and this is as a Vikings fan. The team is not allowed to look ahead, but we can look ahead. And you've been a Vikings fan longer than me. You've been alive longer than me. But we've had the tendency to play down to our competition. Now, I can say it's refreshing that we haven't really done that this year. I think the teams we're supposed to beat, mm-hmm. we have been able to beat. But I'm looking at that game, and I'm like, okay, uh, the Packers dropped about four or five balls that in my eyes could have changed the complexion of things. Yeah, Maybe we were just, you know, playing more conservative, 
relatively as far as the play calling was concerned. Keenum underthrew Stephon Diggs. He overthrew Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weather had something to do with that. Teddy Bridgewater threw for like 90 yards two years ago there, and it was cold conditions. So right. I get that part. But in my eyes, I was just looking forward and saying, look, if we're playing a better team than that, we might have had some problems on Saturday night. Maybe it's an overreaction, but that's just the way I feel. And also, um, the good thing, I think, is, I don't think Philly gets out of the divisional round. I think all four wild card teams can go to Philadelphia and beat. Them. I think you're. I think you know, you're right about it. Troy. You're right. Those, Philly. Those, those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts, and I think we'll play every game indoors. So I, as far as the weather, we're not going to be able to blame that it, it on the weather. So hopefully, it was just one game, and we can get back to business this Sunday. Thank you for calling. I agree with almost everything you said. There's. Phillies, obviously last night, Philly looked super wobbly. And if you didn't stay up, you had holiday plans or whatever. Oakland nearly beat them and really should have beaten them. The score was tied with about a minute and a half left. Oakland gets the ball near midfield. They need to go like 20 yards and go kick a field goal and go win the game. Derek Carr, horrible interception. And then Philadelphia only has to go 20 yards. And they kick the field goal to win the game. And then... Carr with another interception that allows Philadelphia to score as time is literally winding to zero. Final play of the game, Philadelphia ends up scoring, which, by the way, covered the spread on that play. So everybody who had bet uh, Eagles, I think eight and a half, got the spread covered because of the touchdown. Defensive touchdown was 0-0 on the clock. Yep. And fantasy championships changed hands. Thousands of them. Oh, I bet. Changed hands. So Eagles, Eagles defense has been good all year. Fantasy good. They're they're on one they're owned in one hundred percent of leagues. A lot of those teams in the playoffs, a touchdown by your defense, that's you know, typically six points, huge thousands and thousands of leagues changed hands on the last play of the last game of the week. Oh my god. In gosh. week sixteen championship week in a meaningless defensive touchdown. Uh. Unbelievable. I won. A meaning I won on one of those circumstances years ago. It's uh it's week either it's week sixteen. Eagles have uh clinched and are playing for nothing. But they announced they're gonna play their starters. And my opponent plays Donovan McNabb for the Eagles, even though they have nothing to play for in week sixteen, but he's starting. And he does start the game. And McNabb plays for about He's somewhere into the second quarter of that game. Yeah. And then he absorbs a sack, and then he takes a running loss. And the game's super close. It's back. It's the last game. It's it's the Monday night game on top of it. And I'm losing to McNabb by, like, point. I'm losing to this other team by, like, point one or point two or something like that. He throws an interception to back himself down for a couple of points. Then he runs for a couple of losses, and then they decide. And so I'm now ahead by like point two or something, yeah. and then they decide the charade's over, and they're going to bench him. So they benched him after he had a couple of <laughs> negative plays in which I got ahead, uh, and then they benched him, and I ended up winning. Anyway. I've lost games because of quarterback kneel downs before. Yeah, quarterback I mean, they, kneel downs, oh. for the, they need to not count that as negative rushing yards, I think. I agree. Sean in Milwaukee. Hello. Charge. Hi, Sean. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. Hey, I was just calling. Actually, you guys were talking about Hub earlier. I met you because you're a little fantasy pregame down here in Chicago. Yeah. 
Absolutely, with Hub. Years ago, with Hub. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Super cool. Um, so I've been doing the opposite for years. Got me a championship this year. The whole league went, uh, got on to do the opposite. So wow. all wide receivers, tight ends, pulled yes. in the beginning. So I picked up uh, Gurley, Fournette, and then later your tip on Collins and Baxson. So I want to nice. thank you for that. Awesome. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Great season. That's, um, that's great. News. I wanted to share, you guys... You guys were talking about funny gifts or best gifts earlier. I got yeah. my commission, my commissioner, two of those kids T-Rex costumes. And they haven't taken them off in two days. They're I don't know what these are. Arms. Uh, are they uh, the bit where it's like an, you're an oversized, it's an oversized costume, right? Is that is that what this thing is, the T-Rex it's costume? A it's a blow-up blow costume. Exactly, exactly. Okay. They wore it to Christmas. Terribly hilarious gift. I feel bad for the parents, but I, I'm glad it's not my kids. That's awesome. <laughs> um, seeing your Target sells them for 65 bucks. Sounds like it's worth it. You've probably oh, already gotten 65 bucks out of it. Amazing. You could get them off Amazon and probably eBay for a much more reasonable, reasonable rate there. Outstanding. That's fantastic. Sean, thank you for chiming in from Milwaukee, and congratulations on your championship. Thank you, sir. We'll talk Take to you later. Merry Christmas. Yep, bye-bye. Um, so are you ready just to accept that it was a Vikings victory and the team minus the left guard situation is predominantly healthy? Mm-hmm. Uh, long snapper, I guess, is a bit. I yeah, mean, think we, about, can, think, we can get a long snapper. Think about where Zimmer's like, I'm going to give a game ball out to David Morgan. Yeah, how about that? I love it. A couple of high snaps on a field goals, but uh, yeah. but he did what he needed to do. Well, no, what do you expect from him? He did, he did not screw up any potential scoring play. Football That's all we got to do. Phases. And he caught an important third down. He converted an important third down at one point, too. Caught it, and suddenly the most nimble tight end yeah, you've seen, that? maybe since Jimmy Graham. Yeah, who knew? But the way he converted that thing, I think it was 23 yards after the catch. It was yes. beautiful. Uh, a lot more Viking talk between now and the top of the hour, including the playoff path when we come back. Let's talk about the playoff path. Assuming everything just sort of holds right now, We've got it figured out who the Vikings are very likely to play Yes, in the first round of the playoffs. We'll tell you when it's going to be, who the opponent is, and what we expect when we come back. You're listening to Paul Charchian, in for PA, on The Fan. Programming on The Fan, brought to you in part by Prism Research. Rosemary. Heaven restores you in life You're coming with me Through the aging, the fearing, the strife It's the smiling on the package It's the faces in the sand Welcome it's back to the show. Paul Allen out today. Paul Charching with you. Thank you for joining. Hope you've had a terrific Christmas. Enjoying most of you, enjoying the day off. I think very few people working today. We addressed that earlier in detail. I got a really good email that I want to go back to, uh, reminded if the Packers were forced to release Aaron Rodgers now, he'd hit waivers. And then the worst team has the first crack at him, and the Browns could just could just take him. Wouldn't that be something where Rodgers couldn't even control his own destiny at that point? Well, so he would be, but then he would be a free agent at the end of the season, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd, they'd take the contract. So they would get they would they would then have to f- they have the pleasure of fulfilling the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' contract. Now this thing would be a disaster but from a PR standpoint. No chance because 
Aaron Rodgers would be picked by the Browns, and he yeah. would immediately talk about how much he didn't want to play, play for, for anyone with, but That's the right. Packers. Yeah, right. Yeah, it exactly. would be a complete disaster. You'd say, I'm not playing, or whatever. So even if they tried to actually execute the letter of the law and the rule associated with this, yes, uh, he would end up going back to the Packers. That's the NFL correct. would look stupid anyway. Yes. And along the way, he'd probably have to slight several teams Specifically, the Browns, who would undoubtedly, yeah, you'd pick them up, wouldn't you? Yeah, if you're the Browns, you, of course he would. Exactly. I mean, unless there was some compelling reason not to, yeah, you absolutely would. I mean, you already got college kids that are highly touted picks in the upcoming draft saying that they'd prefer not to play for the Browns, like the UCLA kid, Rosen. Yeah, he's saying he's Sam not Darnold. Go. Yeah, so. You know, we'll be a big talker when we are at the Combine in Indianapolis. Rosen's going to be a huge talker. He's an interesting dude. He's uh my understanding, and this is this is just my understanding right now, is that he is a Kaepernick style uh he's built like Kaepernick politically. Uh he's a an outspoken atheist. Okay. Um there's gonna be a lot of talk about Rosen and whether, you know, from you know, from an intangibles and personality and all that other stuff. It's gonna come up a lot. You watch. On. That's gonna be a huge talker for us at the Combine. Because Rosen's a good chance he'll be the first player taken. Yeah, and then you gotta. This will be. It's gonna. You're, you're under the microscope when you're the first player taken. All of that stuff's gonna come out, and that'll be a huge talker for sure. I just. I, I don't care that he's an atheist. I just don't nope. care. Don't care. But how, but, how does he okay, throw? We don't can care. he throw the deep we out? Okay, wait. We don't care, but a lot of people do. And inside of NFL organizations. People probably care, People too. People care a lot. I mean, okay. most teams are, there are a lot, there are a lot of devout people that play and in the team. Now, if you are not that way inside a locker room, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any hardship for you. You can just not, you know, not be a part of it. But there are, you know, there are team prayers and stuff. You're not required to part- participate, but that no. stuff happens, right? right. It's going to happen. So, you know, I think it's, you know, teams are going to have to balance that stuff. So is he outspoken as in he's in the Bruins locker room telling a teammate that? Don't know. Don't know. Well, because then, then that is a problem. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think he, I don't know. We'll find out. That stuff's all going to come up now. But you watch. It'll be it'll be a big big talker in February. I miss the good old days when we could just laugh that some players thought that the world was flat. <laughs> I mean that was that, an, that, that's that, that's, that's right. an easy one that we that could all easy. kind of digest right. and and equally yeah. or point that, our fingers at or that we bury fake dinosaur bones. Yes, correct. Yes, I forget which baseball <laughs> player that was. He was with the Royals, I think. Yeah, maybe. Not, uh, yeah, which I don't recall who that was. Vikings playoff path looks pretty clear to me. So let's let's just go to week seventeen and assume the Rams beat the Niners. Which, yeah. by the way, suddenly not a given that anybody's going to beat the Niners. But let's assume the Rams beat the Niners, and they're the favorite. Let's assume the Falcons beat the Panthers. They're the favorite. It's in Atlanta. So let's assume those two things happen. Then the Vikings will hold the number two seed. Vikings are a 99% likelihood. Statistically, they're a 99% likelihood of holding the number two seed. And then the Eagles are your number one seed. So that would mean that in the wild card week, we're looking at Falcons taking on the Rams, Panthers taking on the Saints. And this is Falcons at Rams, Panthers at Saints. Now, 
Let's just assume the home teams, the Rams and the Saints, win that because I think that's likely. I think the Rams are a better team than the Falcons. I think the Saints are a better team than the Panthers. Panthers barely won last week against Tampa Bay, a four or five win outfit in which Jameis Winston fumbled the ball three times in that game. Jameis Winston went for like 370 and a TD. He did with no three picks. fumbles. Oh, he did have three fumbles. Three fumbles. Didn't see that part of it. Yes. And they, and they were, and they were, you know, short fields for, for Carolina, and and they still almost lost the game. Anyway, Saints, Rams end up winning as home favorites the next week. That will set up your Vikings to play as the Vikings as the two seed would play. Well, the Eagles as the one seed would play the worst available team. That'd be the Saints. The Vikings would play the Rams. Yes, at home. I have reason to believe the Vikings have already played the Rams at home once. That would be week 11, and as you may recall, the Rams scored on their first drive, a methodical nine-play, 75-yard march, and then never scored again. Right. Vikings end up winning 24-7. to Todd Gurley in that game posted his lowest rushing output of the year, 37 yards. 2.4 a carry. Just 2.4 a carry. I like that. Robert Woods got knocked out of the game, but he was on his way to a big game. He had eight catches, 81 yards. Um... And was in the like I said, was in, and they got knocked out like third quarter. He was already at eight for eighty-one. Uh, Latavius Murray ran for six yards per carry in that game. Had a couple of touchdowns. Adam Thielen put up a buck twenty-three and a score. It was a very much a one-sided affair after that first drive. I think I'd take my chances on that. You're cool with facing the Rams again. I'm cool with take, facing the Rams again. That's I would much rather see the Rams than the Saints. Saints scare me more than any other team alive in the NFC. If I if I were the Saints, I'd be worried about the Vikings. I think the Vikings are the best team in the playoffs. But the Saints are the team that can beat you a lot of different ways. They have a good run defense. Not a great run defense, but a good run defense. They have a sometimes great pass defense that can be very good. Marshawn Lattimore, Ken Crawley have been very good. They've got a good pass rush sparked by Cameron Jordan. And then there's the running attack, the best run offense in the NFL with Ingram and Kamara. And now they got Drew Brees as a quarterback. Super Bowl tested. The moment will never be too big for Drew Brees in any game. Right. I'm really, that's the team that worries me the most. And in this scenario, if just, if everything holds true to form, the Saints have played the Eagles. I like that a lot better than the Vikings. So the, and then unless the Falcons won. I mean, that's the only way we're not playing the Rams, essentially, right? That's right. Okay. If the Falcons can beat the Rams in Los Angeles, the Falcons have been so wobbly and such yes, an underperforming have. offense. I don't see it happening. And meanwhile, Nordo, the Rams have been awesome. Give me the uh, give me the lowdown on how good the Rams have been. I've asked you to do a little digging on the Rams' last series of games. Yeah, so Let's we, talk about how good they've been. So we beat the Rams at U.S. Bank Stadium. They've played Week five 11. games since then. Yes, yeah, so since, we, since Viking fans saw the Rams last, 
up close and personal. What have they looked like? Well, they're four and one. So they beat the Saints, which is for the tiebreaker purpose. Yes. Then they won at Arizona, mm-hmm. lost to the Eagles the day Carson Wentz went down. Right. In a shootout game, the final score was like forty three thirty five. Yeah, right. Forty three thirty five. And then they just they said we're we're tired of we're tired of you, Pete Carroll. Tired of we we don't care about the bravado of Legion of Boom. We're going to beat right. you forty two to seven. At your house in front of the 12s. Todd Gurley will score four touchdowns in that game and power teams into the fantasy championships. And then they beat the Titans uh, 27-23. So, uh, Todd Gurley, here's something. Now, we held him to his lowest, I think, uh, total yards of 37 rush yards, 19 reception yards against the Vikings. So Mm -hmm. what is that, 56 total yards? Yeah. Uh, He'd been averaging triple digits in total yards from scrimmage every game into that game. And here's what he's been doing in the five games since. 514 rush yards at uh, five and a half a clip, five rushing TDs, 363 receiving yards in the last five games, another three TDs. Todd so, Gurley. I'm aver- trying to do some of the math. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, give me the averages because I was trying to average it out in my head. Todd Gurley's averaging 175 total yards a game over his last five. That's ridiculous. He's out of his mind he good is. right now. He is so good right now. The touchdown he scored. Uh, on a screen pass last week, he out he went from screen pass in which he's looking ahead at basically twenty two players, twenty one players in front of him. Yes, he outran everybody on the field. He mm-hmm. was so fast, and Gurley's just he's it's just it, it's almost we haven't really seen anything like this down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. As fantasy analysts have been looking at this, trying to figure out who's powered teams to the playoffs like this. There hasn't really been anything like this. No, there hasn't. And, you know, that said, Vikings held him to 37 yards. I don't know if we do that again. That doesn't seem likely. Well, the key was on that, too. I mean, the dominance of the defense, because there are those out there, you see 24-7, to well, we blew them out. Well, part of that is that they didn't sniff their their offensive side of the field or our defensive side of the field the rest of that game. Mm-hmm. Out of his 37 rush yards and 19 reception yards, 56 total, 30 of them came on that opening drive. Oh, how about that? I mean, he only had like wow. 26 yards the, the rest, rest of, the, of the game. That's awesome. He was absolutely dominated. Now, with Jared Goff, too, uh, the key from this is 12 TDs, 3 picks in his last 5 games, uh, 103 rating, sacked 10 times, which is something to look at, people getting after him a bit. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, in the game against the Vikings, no scores, 6.08 yards per attempt. Uh, his lowest of the season took place uh, against, against the, the Vikings, Vikings as well. Yeah, so able to shut those two people down inherently. Then uh, outside of that opening drive, able to shut the team down. You worry about you know Gurley is just so hot right now. This offense is so good. You worry about any matchup with the Vikings. You know that it just it doesn't even matter who the opponent is anymore. You know if you can do it, you run on Seattle, no problem. Run through them. By the way, you play Tennessee. Tennessee's a good run defense. You know, a lot of casual football fans might not know it, but that's a terrible pass defense and a great run defense. Mm-hmm. Ran through them. So it's Gurley's just at a level right now that's a little bit... It feels like Adrian Peterson when he was down the stretch for Adrian Peterson when he was going crazy, whatever, four or five years ago. Well, and you look at you look at two of the last two of the last three games. We gave up 216 yards uh, on the ground to... Uh, to Carolina. Yeah. He'd been I'll averaging like 70 a game. The quarterback was a good chunk of that, and okay. then one long run from Stewart. But that's not to say that you know, Gurley can get one long run, too. And we gave up triple digits against Green Bay. 
Yeah, which You're saying that should not happen. That shouldn't happen. And, but and that was also quarterback driven a little bit. That was uh, was yeah, due to Brett Jared Hundley. Goff's not going to break your back with his uh, with his rushing. I don't think Jared runs the ball unless no. his life is in danger. Correct. So I mean, I I love the matchup, and I'm not there's there's no team as with the Vikings defense allowing 12.9 points a game at home this year. It's something mm-hmm. ridiculously low like that. I think they're best in the NFL and overall points allowed defensively. Shutting out the Packers didn't hurt that. Uh, but it's just you you don't feel, and I haven't felt it at any point this year, where a game at home gets out of hand. That's right. And that's and so, you know, that's where I'm significantly more positive on it. I play the cold weather as being a bigger factor for a kid from Abilene, Texas, uh, more so than maybe others do with some of the, the stagnant uh, performances that we saw on Saturday night. But with this defense... Uh, despite allowing, or despite uh, Todd Gurley with 175 a clip, um, I do feel very confident in their ability to uh, to shut some of that down. Especially, you know, we're going to have a week and change. We're going to have a week off, Charge. We're going to have a bye week. We're going to have a bye week, and, and I with, love that. And with Zimmer, i.e. Zimacek, you give him a couple of weeks yep. to uh, put things together for his squad. Yep. I like how that looks coming into a home game in the playoffs. A uh, couple loose ends. Emailers telling us that Josh Rosen has uh, been seen wearing a, an F. Trump T-shirt. Okay. Um, and Carl Everett was the dinosaur bone guy. Carl Everett was. Remember that? Yes. yes. Dinosaur bone guy. Uh, we were mentioning uh, uh, the Rams, and we talked about the Cardinals for a minute. The NFC West next year is going to be brutally tough. You think so? Well, you got the Rams. Excellent young team. They seem poised for greatness for years to come with McVay and Jared Goff and... Um, and then there's Seattle, always in the mix, right, with Russell Wilson. Here it is. They're having a, a really down year in Seattle. They're nine and six. They're going to, you know, they're nine and six in a really down year. And and they lost, and they should be ten and five if Blair Walsh doesn't miss three field yeah, goals right, in, the game. in that 17 14 right. loss to the Redskins at yep. home. The Cardinals could scrounge up a quarterback and then suddenly be right back in the mix. They, you know, get Kirk Cousins, they could be right back in the mix. And then there's the Niners. The Niners. Have they won five straight? They have won or four, four straight. straight. All of them with Jimmy Garoppolo. God, you love him so much. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. When we come back, we're going to fire up the PST 2018 hashtag and talk about how the Patriots kept the wrong quarterback. You're listening to Charge on the Fan. Programming of the fan, including 9 to Noon's daily show-ending wraps. It's brought to you by the Paddy Wagon, 61st Nicollet. Love the Paddy Wagon. Of the show uh, is common in. I don't even know if common's in or not, or if it's just common's Brandon in today. Just, okay, because I know Brandon's in a lot of filling lately. And then uh, PA is back tomorrow as well. He is back tomorrow. So we figured all that there. out by the end of the show. Yeah. The stage was set. Script was set for disaster last Sunday, and it all seemed very preordained to me. Jimmy Garoppolo had won his first three starts, which was you know remarkable at that point. Uh, because at that at that stage he was five and zero to start a career first player since Ben Roethlisberger twelve years ago uh, to start a career five and zero, and now he faces Jacksonville. 
the number one pass defense in yards allowed, the number one pass defense in completion percentage allowed, the number two passing defense in touchdowns allowed. So you're like, all right, well, you know, now and now they got three games of tape on Jimmy Garoppolo. All of his tendencies are going to be laid bare on tape. And it seemed like the it was all scripted to come to a screeching halt for Jimmy Garoppolo. No doubt about it. I thought it was a done deal. I had him I had Jimmy Garoppolo ranked as like quarterback twenty coming into the week. I, you know, it's been great. I'm a big fan. I think he's a very good quarterback. But this is when everything, you know, it all falls apart. And we see this a lot with young quarterbacks. Give an opposing team three, four games of tape, and they start picking you apart. Didn't work out that way at all. Mm -mm. San Francisco 49ers put up 44 points on the Jaguars. 44 on what many people thought was a better defense than the Vikings defense. A lot of people thought the, the Jaguars had the best defense in the NFL. Think again. Here's what the Jaguars linebacker Miles Jack had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo after the game. Quote, It was definitely irritating to hear about him all week, but bleep, he beat us. He knocked out the number one defense in the country, Honestly, he deserves all the credit. Wow. So now Jimmy Garoppolo, 6-0. and 4-0 as San Francisco starter. A team with, let's remember, this is San Francisco. This is like he walked into this elite lineup. He walked into a lineup that had won one game yeah. until he started. They were either 1-9 or 1-10 or whatever. Before he showed up. His number one receiver was Pierre Garçon. Gone. He's been making do. They traded away the best tight end on the team early in the season. And now he's 4-0. San Francisco has the longest active winning streak in the NFL. Behind Garoppolo. By the way, as a side note, both Garoppolo is a positive and Aaron Rodgers is a negative. Sobering reminders about how much a quarterback makes the whole rest of the team better or worse, right? Without Rodgers, it exposes all the flaws of the Packers roster. With Garoppolo in a quarterback, every part of the 49ers seemingly gets better. Suddenly the defense, suddenly they have the number one run defense over the last five weeks. Out of nowhere. So let's uh, let's fire up the PST 2018. I right now I believe I've got a good chance in it on my Patriots prediction that they would go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. So I think I'm I think I'm in the PST for that solidly, especially because they lost in in Week One. Right now I think there's a good chance the Patriots are going to go win the Super Bowl, and but they are not going to be undefeated. They haven't been to Valhalla yet. Sure. They've not been to Valhalla. But it looks very likely that the Patriots kept the wrong quarterback. Tom Brady right now has been intercepted in five straight games for the first time in 15 years. Meanwhile, and it just the eye test to me says that Brady isn't the same Tom Brady that he has been. And at 40, you usually aren't. 
And I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback because he's still an awesome quarterback. But let's look at Jimmy Garoppolo completing 69% of his passes this year. 69%. That is crazy. He's number one in ESPN's QBR rating, which is ESPN's version of the passer rating. He's number one. And by the way, we're six starts into his career, and he's number one. He's on pace. And granted, it's a small sample size. We're taking four games and extrapolating it to a full season. He'd be on pace. He's on pace for a 5,000-yard season. There will be no quarterbacks in the NFL that throw for 5,000 yards this season. There was one last season. Mm. And he's doing it on, again, a roster that had one win before he took over. And he's accomplishing all this. And obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is younger than Drew Brees. Drew Brees has, at most... Three more seasons in him, maybe, maybe at most. Sure. Right? Jimmy Garoppolo now. is 14 years younger than Tom Brady. Mm. So if you're the Patriots, a team notorious for cold-blooded, ruthless ejections of older players while they still have perceived talent, like Randy Moss and Richard Seymour, they got emotional. They blinked. They got emotional on Brady. I mean, even if Brady wins the Super Bowl this year, and the Patriots are the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year, and even if Brady wins the Super Bowl next year, with a 14-year differential in age, you still got to think that the Patriots kept the wrong guy. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, at worst, looks like, and again, it's a small sample size, at worst, he looks like a very good quarterback. At worst. Yes. And right now, behind Brady, they've got Brian Hoyer. So they obviously don't have any kind of a solution behind Brady. They don't know what they're doing organizationally when the end comes for Tom Brady. And at his age, when the end comes, it comes quickly. It'll be abrupt. And it does. It's exactly right. It's going to be abrupt. And it probably will involve injury. Now, it could very well be that Bill Belichick is going to take the coward's way out and Belichick's going to retire whenever Brady retires. Whenever Brady goes down, that's going to be it. He's going to walk away so that he doesn't have to clean up a mess of a team without a quarterback, which brings us back to Jimmy Garoppolo again. Look at what the Niners were as a team without a quarterback versus what they are with a team with a quarterback. Look at your Packers. When Brady walks off, When Brady does not play for this Packers roster, the many flaws of this Packers roster will be exposed, just like it is with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Now, in fairness, Jimmy G has beaten only one team that is in the playoffs as of this moment. Correct. I think the Titans have an opportunity. They have to win. They might just be winning in. I guess I'm not exactly sure where Mariota and the Titans Actually, are. I think, did they clinch? They may have clinched with their win. I'm not positive. Well, they were just beaten by the Rams. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. They lost. They did not win. I think they're an 8-7 yeah, yeah, operation. Yeah, they, they are an 8-7. I happen. think they're in first place, aren't they? No, they're in no, second the place. No, the Jaguars. Yeah, they're in they second place. They won the place. division for the first no, time right. ever. Yeah, you're right. But uh, the Bears, the Houston Texans, hmm. I mean, he... 
he feasted on two franchises. Two of Jimmy G's wins are feasting on franchises that are just trying to get to the end of the year. That's all fair. But these are all teams that the Niners are losing to before. And to walk in to a new team bereft of much offensive talent and to be able to put up what now be to start a season six and zero, oh, you know, you gotta go back. I don't I don't even know how many years to find another quarterback who started a career six and zero. Oh. Now, you might think that just the notion of releasing Brady is so absurd that there was no alternative, that the there's no way the Patriots could have possibly made any other decision because of everything that Brady means. All the Super Bowl rings, all the success, all the records. Yeah, under no circumstances. Under no you. circumstances do you let Brady go, including keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, a younger, talented quarterback. And I agree with that. Fine. Then I will bring you to the year 1993. Here we go. Exhibit A, Joe Montana. At this point of his career in 1993, the Niners did the unthinkable and they let Montana go while he still had a handful of good years left in him. He had won Super Bowls for the 49ers. He had been the best quarterback of a decade. And they made way for Steve Young, a promising backup who was significantly younger. And what did it do? It kept them relevant for far more years and they ended up bringing Steve Young to the, the Hall of Fame as well and winning Super Bowls with him. They made the 49ers made a difficult, non-emotional business decision with the greatest quarterback to ever have played the game at that stage, Joe Montana. And they did it to make way for Steve Young, who at that point, Steve Young had been a washout with Tampa Bay, where he'd been bad. And then it put together good games in relief of an injured Joe Montana from time to time. That's not that dissimilar from Jimmy Garoppolo, who, in relief of a suspended Tom Brady, had looked very good. They had seen plenty in practice to know that he was a good quarterback, and they couldn't pull the trigger. I think it's because Belichick knows he's going to take the easy way out, and he's going to walk out the door the same time Brady does. Whenever that happens, if Belichick had the long-term best interests of the Patriots, he would have kept Garoppolo on roster through this season and then cut the cord and made the switch. It had been, sure, ripping that, that Band-Aid off would have been insanely difficult, very painful. Now here's the But issue. he would have set up that organization for years. I'm trying to find it. I can't try. I can't find it. I'm pretty sure that Montana wanted to be traded out of San Francisco. I don't know what the issues are, and then I'm just I'm losing it by even bringing this up now. There's just a couple of minutes left in the show, but you cannot, under any circumstances, cut the cord from Tom Brady. Five Super Bowls, seven appearances for a franchise that have been just awful. For years and years and years and years prior there's, to that. There's just no guarantee when Brady when Brady hangs it up, there's no guarantee you're going to have a good quarterback to to back him up. No, they won't. They probably won't. They probably and, won't. You know, don't think there's just some magic with the Patriots that make it impossible or make it makes it suddenly possible to turn every backup into a good player. Look at 
Mm, not, I don't want to say Matt Castle so much, although they made Castle look viable for a season, and it turned out he really wasn't that viable. He had one um, good year in Kansas City. He had one good year in Kansas City. Uh, the Ravens' backup guy now. Um, Mallet. Mallet. Look at Mallet. They never got anything out of Mallet. Mallet likes to get drunk and miss meetings. Well, that's probably true. That'll that'll fly with Belichick. He's, he'd be totally into that lifestyle. Well, I think that's why he had to leave. And then he so, was in the midst of a quarterback uh, competition in Houston and missed all those meetings when they had the hard knocks on there. That's right. So I'm doubling down. Okay. My official quote for PST purposes is, it looks very likely the Patriots kept the wrong quarterback. I'm just going to let that breathe. We're going to let that... That's right. It looks very likely the Patriots kept the wrong quarterback. Now, you know, I'm not going to be able to win this thing for years because I'm I'm acknowledging that Brady may very well bring the Patriots to a Super Bowl this year. He could even bring the Patriots to a Super Bowl the next year. But we know that he's on the clock. That might be it for him. Heck, this could be it for him. Who knows? I mean, I don't think it is. He says he wants to play it several more years. He'll be fine. He's got his Buddhist, right? He's got the Buddhist. In everything we've seen right now suggests that the 49ers have found their long-term quarterback. they got to sign him still. He's a free agent. 49ers have their long-term quarterback. Patriots don't have a long-term quarterback. No, they don't. In 2021 or 2022, we'll revisit this. So then what you're saying is that Pat Shermer, head coach of the Jets, Case Keenum, (laughs) starting quarterback of the Jets, yeah, AFC East Division champions in 2019. Mm -hmm. There it is. Brandon Molesky's in. I just made your life easier for the committee. I'm doing I'm doing your work for you right now. I texted him. He knows. All right, good. I'm glad. Uh, be sure to mark the tape. Uh, Nordo, thanks for all your help today. You were great. Thank uh, you. PA back tomorrow. Common Man in in moments. Bye-bye, everybody. Nine to noon. Not much else to say. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen channel on the iHeartRadio app or go to KFAN.com.